When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Surrender here, the Bernie and Sid in the morning show. One of our many qualities as we get you going at 6.04 on this Tuesday morning in New York City. A great show coming your way today. Two great guests. All the news you need. And uh, before we go any further, of course, it's time to introduce my partner, the best in the business, Hall of Famer, just a wonderful human being overall. Made me cry last night, actually, when I talked about him at the Gop outing I'll get to. Here he is, the great Bernard McGurk. Good morning, Bernard. Oh, Sid Rosenberg. I didn't know anything about this uh, crying stuff. Uh, uh, listen, man, I, I, I love you. I love you, but uh, I don't know. I don't want you to cry. Don't, don't cry. I'm good, bro. I'm good. All right. Well, I'm glad I'm you said that. I'm coming through this. I'm coming through this. I, I know you are, but uh, you came up at the tournament last night more than once, but I'll get to that momentarily. You know what I did notice today is, um, you know, I'm in the studios here on 3rd Avenue, and it is now 6.05 on this Tuesday morning. And uh, for the longest time, through the whole month of June, I'd be sitting here at about 5.30 on, and it would be light out. It would be light. It would be sunny. So I'm starting to notice as we start to go a little backwards into the month of August, and October is right around the corner, that uh, it is no longer light out when we start today's program. I know that sounds crazy, but I've taken notice of that over the last week, uh, Bernard. Oh, yes, indeed. And, and I, I, you know, I'm not there now, but, I, of course, last year, uh, and uh, I, I noticed that coming over the 59th Street Bridge, I remember coming over in the bright sunshine, uh, gl- glaring off the buildings, you know, in June, and then all of a sudden, and July, and all of a sudden in August, it's gone. Gone. And it's like, yeah. oh, my God, yeah. a portent of uh, things to come. Cold winters, cold, dark, scary, long day, uh, excuse <laughs> yeah. me, short day weekend. 
our winters. Uh, yeah, I, I recall it, and, and and today's the day for you, the first day. Yeah, first time I really noticed it. It's getting lighter out now. It's going to be a gorgeous day today, by the way. Hot, sunny, highs around uh, 90 degrees tomorrow, 91 and sunny. So summer, not even close to being out of here, but I did notice it is. Uh, it gets uh, later to get light out here on an, on an August morning. So uh, the golf outing, which I just talked about, Bernie, momentarily, uh, took place yesterday. It was at a very nice place, the Garden City Country Club. Uh, you made it there last year. Me, you, and Danielle were there last year. Uh, this year, just me, but it was a wonderful event. John and Margot Katsimatidis did a magnificent job. All the golfers had themselves a great time yesterday. Chad Lopez, Emily Pankow, everybody from sales, Glenn Tacchinelli, Leslie Slender. A lot of the talent showed up last night, folks like Rita Cosby, Dominic Carter. And they did ask me to speak. For a couple of seconds. And by the way, Joe Piscopo, Brian Kilmeade, I listened to some of it, and oh, it sounded did? like you guys were having, a, yeah, you guys were having a great time. It was a, listen, Joe Piscopo is so great, and him and I had so many laughs last night. You know, Alphonse D'Amato was there, and uh, I heard the singing his happy birthday to yes, him. Yes, yeah. 85th birthday. So uh, Piscopo and I had some great laughs over that. Him and I hung out pretty much the whole night, and yes, Brian Kilmeade was there, and he was terrific. He's helping me out in a big way promoting my book. I've got more news on that. Citizens United, I'll get my first copies today. But um, at one point I did speak. Uh, Chad and John asked me to speak because everybody spoke. You know, uh, Joe Parisi, who's a super guy. He's in charge of Gristini's and D'Agostino's. He yeah. spoke. And, uh, you know, uh, you remember, remember uh, Amelia? Um, not Amelia. Emily, the, uh, the young girl that worked here over the last month, guys, out of Sacred Heart University. Her father is a big deal. He spoke last night, and a bunch of people ended up speaking. Chad Lopez, John Katsimatidis. So I get up there, and I'm talking about the success that you and I are having. Number one, how our careers have been resurrected. If the cumulus pretty much left us for dead. And then uh, Chad was like, hey, mention something about Bernie. So, um, and I'm always reluctant to do that, again, because I want everybody to assume that you're okay. And once I mention something, then the doubters start to come across. You know what I'm saying, Bernie? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you because, well, it's been quite some time that, uh, well, that, that I've been doing it this way. I hear you. So I understand what you're saying, but, uh, you know, things are all trending in a positive direction. As, as uh, You know, I want people to know that. I mean, you know, understandably, though, people will say, well, damn, why, why you know, why, why aren't you back to uh, normal? Right. It just takes a long time, some right. of these things. Some, some people luck out, and it, 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 it happens, you know, basically it could happen in a week or two. Uh, the cure, or, or you know, the remission, whatever the hell it is, but uh, with me, it's not so. Uh, it's not so rapid. Right, so. right. Well, I did. Um, I got emotional, obviously. Anytime I talk about you, whether it's in front of people, whether it's alone with Danielle Avon Gabe, I get very emotional. So I did get a bit emotional last night. But uh, folks did ask about you, uh, obviously, and it was very, thank very you, nice. Sir. Thank you're you. Welcome. Come on, man. You're welcome. I, I, what am I going to do? I, I've been punching you for 25 years. You and I, I, I spend more time with you on a daily basis than anybody. I mean, I don't even think I speak to Danielle four hours a day. I'm home with her, <laughs> but I don't talk to her for four hours a day. So, right. I mean, you and I, that's about as intimate as it gets in my life, and it's been that way for six years. And uh, even before well, that, dating back to 20-plus years ago when you and I started together at FAN back in 2000. Yes, no, no question about it. You and I are... are you know, uh, sex aside, excluded, we are intimately related. Right. Uh, to, to say the least. Only once. It was one time. <laughs> Stop. So, 
This was during the uh, 5 o'clock hour, you're telling me? This was uh, 6 o'clock. So the 5 o'clock hour, John got off the air. Uh, same and exact, by the way, can uh, I just, can I just say this about Mr. Katsimatidis? He is so much fun. He's such a knucklehead. He's fun. You know, he's, 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 he's having a good time. He's obviously brilliant and, and uh, the hardest working guy anybody knows. But he's fun. He comes through on the radio. He's just, he's just a ball of laughs, and he's a happy guy, and that uh, speaks volumes about the person who he is. No, he is. And then uh, after his show is over at 6, Joe Piscopo started the entertainment, and I uh, can't say enough about Joe. Again, uh, him and I hung out for about two hours, even before he performed, and we laughed the whole time, I swear to you. And then he did uh, three or four Sinatra numbers, My Way Was Great, Fly Me to the Moon, Summer Wind, and at the very end, he did uh, God Bless America. And John Katsimatidis, the aforementioned John, actually started to cry. I mean, that is the patriot. Wow. That's a guy that uh, we all know, Greek immigrant. We know the whole story. But he yeah. is so appreciative of what the United States has offered him. So whether you agree with him politically or not, whether you like the people he talks to or not, it doesn't matter. This man has made billions and billions of dollars. He is a great American success story. And when Joe Piscopo did that song last night, it wasn't like a tear in his eye. He literally started to cry. Literally. And it was a beautiful wow. moment before the uh, before the big dinner last night. Amazing, really. Uh, it's uh, another testament to who he is. A great patriot, just a great guy, great man. You know, he, he obviously uh, any of these billionaire types, they could just be kicking back and whatever it is, and uh, you know, flying on Jeffrey Epstein's plane and then doing stuff like that. But uh, or their own plane, yeah. But that's not John Katzmatidis. I'd be doing that. <laughs> that's what I. That's what you and I would do. <laughs> Me and you, uh, yeah. <laughs> but not. But uh, not. Not the, the the people of uh, the caliber of John Katzmatidis. No, no. Who was responsible, obviously, for saving this radio station? Why? Because uh, you know he sees this country deteriorating. It's one of the last bastions of truth in this. Uh, this you know the People's Republic of New York, and this whole uh, woke tri-state area. And so, you know, he he sees, I think he sees this and himself as helping uh, rescue this country he that does. he was crying about he does. last night. Yeah, Chad Lopez did a really good job and gave you and I a lot of credit. Talked about how the morning show, our show number one, talked about how John Katsimatidis beats up Sean Hannity pretty good in the afternoons. So it was a really good time. It was a great event. The station did a terrific job. All the golfers had a great time, and it was nice seeing a lot of the guys out there, a lot of our fans. That was a lot of fun yesterday. Now, and sponsors. And sponsors. the sponsors, like, yes. Um, Pete Morgan like did guy. not make it. Morgan didn't make it. The traffic was oh, too much coming from Jersey. But um, I saw a bunch of other folks, Gary and Julie. Who did Gary a great and job. Julie. Yep, he did a great job at the auction last night. He uh, actually spent a ton of money. Uh, Anthony Zaccardi, Post Hill Press, who's published, who actually published my book, uh, the guys from uh, Bath Bitter, uh, the guys from Goya, uh, one of the gentlemen from Goya who's uh, been in the studio with you and I before, he was raving and raving about the Leslie Visser interview yesterday. He said, that was one of the best interviews I've ever heard in radio in my life. So wow. he was, uh, yeah, he was very adamant about that Sweet. yesterday afternoon, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, she was great. She was terrific. She's, uh, you know, speaking of Hall of Famers, that's, uh, that's Leslie Visser. And, uh, you know, she has a, that, that deep emotional tie to all things Boston, including Bill Russell. And yep. she's very articulate. And we all, all the three of us, go back a long, long ways. Uh, uh, Leslie Visser, Sid Rosenberg, and myself, and Mr. Imus, of course. Yep. And, and she appreciates us, and we, we appreciate her. And, yes, 
I didn't realize, uh, you know, that, that 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 it was that great of an interview. I knew it was very good, but I'll take that kind of praise from anybody. And that was re- really nice of that man to say. He that. wouldn't even get out of his car. He said, "I had to get out of my car and go into an appointment." He said, "I stayed in my car to the very end." That's how fascinating it was. So uh, it was great. It was just a great time, a great day for the station. And when we do these events, it usually is. And we got a huge event coming up, of course, next month, celebrating 100 years at uh, Cipriani's. That's going to be an unbelievable night. So uh, stay tuned for more information on our WABC outings. They, uh, they get better and better every time. Now, the news of the day, I saw this story, uh, obviously, last night. And, it, you know, it, it irks me sometimes when people get credit, when people get credit for something they don't deserve to get credit for. Like Eric Adams, for example, when he beat his chest after arresting Frank James, the subway shooter, that annoyed the hell out of me because everybody knows, of course, that fat Frank James called the cops on himself. Sitting in McDonald's, he, he, he actually gave himself up. Eric Adams yeah. did nothing to get that guy, yet Eric Adams had no problem taking the credit. Same thing last night with this drone strike in, uh, in Afghanistan. Look, I'm happy the guy is dead. If he was one of the masterminds of 9-11, we can't kill enough of those guys. We can't kill enough of them. So congratulations to the military. Congratulations to the CIA. Anybody who took part in actually finding this guy and killing this guy deserves all the credit. But, of course, much like Obama gets credit for killing Osama bin Laden, which is ridiculous, Biden will get credit this morning. And trust me, folks, he had nothing to do with this pretty good strike in Afghanistan last night. No, uh, thanks uh, once again to our great military for what they did. And um, a minimal, uh, just a, a, a sliver of thanks to the imbecile who gave it the thumbs up. I mean, duh, no-brainer. But listen, he was he's, not only is he, shouldn't he not get credit, he gets blame. Afghanistan is now a safe harbor for terrorists. And why is that? Why is that? Because we pulled out in such a most disastrous way. Regardless of uh, the you know the wake that we left there, the void without a stable government, the Taliban took over. The Taliban is in charge. They were not supposed to be in charge. We left seventy billion dollars in arms and equipment behind. Uh, thanks a lot, there, stupid. We appreciate that. Get off the stupid TV and stop. I mean, and by the way, uh, this Afghanistan and the terrorists. You know, compared to the the challenges we face with China and Russia, at this point. Relatively small ball. I mean, this is a, a, a drone strike. He's located in, in the outskirts of Kabul. The military sees him, and they say, we got him in our sights. What do you want us to do? Kill him. Uh, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, and, and, but the, the, to, to a middle, military's credit, they're able to do it, and they got him. They say, the last time we did something like that with a drone strike, we ended up killing like a family of ten. Or something like that. Yes, they say yes. that uh, there was none of that this time around. But they said that last time, and it turned out to be a lie. Uh, we'll see in the coming days well, whether this one, or not this it's one, a lie. The guy was on the balcony, I guess, having dinner. That one you're talking about was right after our 13 soldiers died. And yeah. then they, they tried to get back at ISIS, and they blew up some family who had nothing to do with it. But I think this it one is. was a little more pinpoint accuracy. The guy was on the balcony, and they, I think they did get this guy and this guy only. But who knows? You're, you're right. Sure. You never know. You never know with these people. Can you uh, never tell. Yeah, you can never tell. So it looks like uh, the question you asked me yesterday, you asked me if I thought Nancy Pelosi would go to Taiwan. I said yes. Not that I have any inside information. But it looks like that's going to be right because it looks as though she's going to be there today. So what does that mean? 
Well, that means we have to wait and see. They're still they're saying that, but uh, we still don't know. We don't know. But the question is, why is she doing it? I mean, I know I'm going against the trend, the grain, with everybody here, but I don't care. I mean, I, I don't need this stupid old bag. Of, uh, we, we don't need this aggravation right now. What are you doing? What is the point? What, what, I mean, we, we, and I'll get into it a little bit later on. I mean, we can't win a war with freaking China. We can't do it. We can't put our money where our mouths are right now. So what is the point of trying to be tough guys with China right now when we got all these other problems in the world? And it's really a head scratcher as to why a guy like Joe Biden, who is, you know, he's been uh, he's compromised by uh, China. Why the hell he's doing something like this? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. He's giving away the store to these creeps. These, these, the communist Chinese I'm talking about, not the people. Remember that, folks, talking about the communist Chinese government there. He's giving away the store. He's, uh, he's, he's compromised by them. And yet we're doing it. Just none of it makes any sense. Uh, it's, so I, th- I, I just think it's anarchy down there in, in the White House and, uh, you know, policy with Nancy Pelosi, who has no idea what she is doing. She is as, as mentally impaired cognitively as uh, the imbecile is. I mean, with, with these two old, doddering, you know, stumbling, stuttering, uh, stupid idiots are running this country and, and, and maybe potentially getting us into World War III. I think it's a complete and total disaster, this useless Asian junket that she's on. I mean, what's the point of it? So anyway, you, you, get, you, get, you get how I feel right now. I mean, another, uh, another attempt to get us into a war we just don't need. A lot of sports point. last night, too. Yankees win, Judge again, Mets win, Alonzo again, Jacob DeGrom back on the mound for the Mets tonight. Reaction today from the Deshaun Watson decision. He gets suspended six games, Cleveland Browns, and it turns out the PGA Tour will pay out only half the money, half the money that Liv offered to Tiger Woods. That is unbelievable. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222, the great Bo Deedle. He's coming up at 740. 840, the self-defense attorney, Joe Tacopina, one of the all-time greats. He'll be here, too. Big Tuesday show about to come your way. We are Bernie and Sid. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Sure is the same old shillelagh before the birth. Oh, I'm Irish. I come from Calabria, Ireland. Second stanza. Back on the Bernie and Sid show. Ah, dummy up there. Right, we're heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app, ladies and gentlemen. Simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM, 
And uh, well, you know, we're back and uh, had a big, successful golf outing last night. You like that music, Sydney? I, I do, and uh, I love it a lot. I love, I, it. I love all the Italian music. I even, you know, songs like Mella, Mamala Femina, one of my favorite songs ever, Evil Woman. But when he mentioned Sheep Said Bay, you have to understand, I know you know this, Bernie, but so near and dear to my heart, when I first really started ha- hanging out with Danielle 31 years ago, we used to go to a place every Thursday night. It was called Captain Walters on Emmons Avenue, right there in the heart of Sheep's Head Bay. Every Thursday night, me, Danielle, and about 20 of our friends. And when we first got married back in 1992, our first house together was on Butchelder and Voorhees, right there also in uh, Sheep's Head Bay. So when he screamed Sheep's Head Bay, that uh, near and dear to my heart. But I love that music, absolutely. Me too, me too. Mob Hits was the ultimate in the CD collections. Uh, it was terrific. Mob hits. I listened to it for years, over and over and over again. It's beautiful music. It's, uh, you know, it's Bobby Darren, stuff like that. You heard it on Goodfellas. But either way, uh, ladies and gentlemen, locally here, another uh, in, 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 more in lunatic uh, policies by the New York City City Council, by the Manhattan Borough President. They want to take a lane away from the West Side Highway. Take a lane away and make it a bike lane each way. I mean, these people are out of their effing minds. I mean, the traffic is so damn heavy there. They want to make it f- f- uh, both ways from 57th Street to Chambers Street. And it's the borough president, Mark Levine. I hate him. This woke, yeah, this woke loser, Levine. Yeah, let me remind I mean, these, you these... that he was the guy during COVID that wanted to bury dead bodies right outside my old apartment in Riverside Park. He wanted to bury the bodies in Riverside Park, this louse, Mark Levine. Can you believe that? Yeah. I mean, Remember just, just t- total incompetence all over. The- yeah, well, how grisly, how ghoulish was that? Uh, so, yeah, that's one proposal that has traction. They, they may actually, uh, this one may come to fruition. In fact, if I was a betting man, I'd put money and say that it will. It's just a disaster to get rid of, uh, you know, vehicles. In, in addition to this congestion pricing, I mean, what do they think we're going to turn into Nineteenth century Tokyo with bikes and rickshaws crossing the streets. For God's sakes, man, stop the madness! I saw a bunch of uh, further videos. I talked about it yesterday. A bunch of videos, 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 videos of horrific crime in the city. Uh, the attempted rape in Brooklyn. This dude is on top of some older woman in broad daylight. A guy, another guy in Times Square, rolling up on some old. And they're all. It's like it seems like it's young black guys and old ladies. He rolls up on her, and he, he just slashes her on the wrist. I mean, so many, so many. You know, the cold cocked on Fifth Avenue. I don't know what's going on. They're obviously mentally ill. They obviously come from a certain demo. But, I, I, I mean, it's just Manhattan is a jungle. It is a dangerous friggin' jungle is what it is. And, uh, you know, I just, I'm not sure. Look, they talked about this a couple of days ago over the weekend. There was an article in the New York Post about how the stores are locking up spam in fact, it was just one store, in uh, one drugstore in the Port Authority bus terminal, but it got it got, got national attention because of the name Spam. And they're locking up the Spam, and of all the commentary, you know, that I heard, and they've been locking up things for a long, long time. But one dude, I heard him say it. He said, "It's sad we live in a city where Spam is locked up, but the criminals are not." That was a good line. <laughs> yeah, that was very guy. good. I, I saw this guy on on uh, what was it? Good uh, Gutfeld. Gutfeld. He was pretty. He's pretty. Pretty damn good, this guy, whoever the hell he is. I forgot his name. But uh, also on these speed cameras that we talked about yesterday, they had a big ceremony yesterday. They started last night, 24-7, the speed cams. And so as I mentioned yesterday, uh, they're they're out there. Be careful. 
you can go in his little a, a dirty secret. I shouldn't tell people, but you can go up to 35 miles an hour in these 25-mile-an-hour zones, and you're good to go. You go up to 36, you got a ticket. You got a $50 ticket. Now, Eric Adams, uh, he was out there front and center. He apparently woke up uh, a little bit from the club to make it to this to this event about the speed cameras, and he said this, cut number 19, Justin Ellick, cut number 19, Eric Adams. Uh, this is a major victory for New Yorkers. Tra- traffic safety is public safety. <laughs> I hate this guy. They go together hand in hand. A city that never sleeps deserve a camera system that won't take a nap. <laughs> such a piece of See how funny that is? You I see what he did there? Him. I can't stand The city him. next, he will never take a nap. I, 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 got, a, I got a good story about him. So yesterday, I'm taking the shuttle home from the ferry. And uh, the shuttle, Bernard, is filled with usually very young homosexual folks heading to Jacob Reese Park. And um, so one of these girls is asking me, does this shuttle go to Reese Park? Very gay, by the way. And I said, yes. And uh, she said, how do you know? And I said, because I live here. So we ended up conversing for the next five minutes till I got home. And I explained to her and a friend that I moved from Manhattan here because I couldn't stand the city anymore because I hated Eric Adams. These are two... Young homosexual women, they are Democrats. They both told me so, and they said, you know what? We agree. We voted for him. We can't. They live in the city. We can't stand him either. It was nice to hear two wow. Democrats stand up and go, gay, we can't stand him either. So I wonder these days if Eric Adams has any fans outside of the folks that have something to gain with him being mayor. Outside of Michael Goodwin yeah. and those folks that you just mentioned, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, the two gay guys. Look, the the gay community is very unhappy about the uh, vaccine situation, and uh, you, you know the, the shortage and the the fact that they're placing these vaccine centers in dangerous places, places like Harlem and uh, out, out in the outdoors where these uh, uh, guys have to line up in sight of cameras. Cameras are taping all these guys. A lot of them want to remain anonymous, and they're angry at that. They're humiliated at that that they're being put on the videotape. Uh, and regarding monkeypox, again, they, the New York City declared it a, uh, a, a you know a health emergency. New York City says uh, yesterday we told you that they're calling it the, New York is the epicenter of the monkeypox virus. And uh, again, uh, yesterday it was uh, it was at Eric Adams talking about this monkeypox. Uh, here he is again making a fool out of himself. Cut eighteen. We are pivoting and shifting based on the crises that are coming to our city and country. And others look at what we're doing, and they commend what we're doing. So, what? No, we're not dropping the ball. We, we have the ball, and we want the ball, and we have it in our hands. Fumble. Fumble, Ernest Biner, yep. one-yard line, Browns, Broncos. Sorry, Bernie Kosar. John always going to the Super Bowl. Eric Adams, fumble. Now we are pivoting and shifting on the left side. I mean, we're very vociferous about this. Uh, this is Eric Adams. He wants to be Clyde Frazier so bad, and it's, it's just not working. Stop, stop with the effort. It's embarrassing. One last thing, Dr. Siegel, he was on uh, Cats at Night last night during that 5 o'clock hour broadcast with you, and uh, regarding monkeypox, Dr. Siegel on that broadcast said this. Cut number 17, please. Justin. Well, Good tell us. what. The, give us an update. Uh, Governor Hochul in New York declared a, almost a national emergency on this monkeypox. Is anybody dying? 
No, and I have a hunch you're going to ask her about that more directly than, than than on this radio show, but we'll see about that, and I won't give any details out. But no, listen, here's the deal. This The, the monkeypox situation is almost entirely going on right now in the gay and bisexual community. The public health response to it has been anemic. We need more vaccines. We need more treatments. We need the FDA to approve T-pox for use in people with painful rashes. We need more testing. So instead of just owning up to that, let's put a camouflage over it and call it something it isn't, which is a, 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 world, a, a growing worldwide or community-wide problem. It is a problem, but it's almost predominantly in that population. We need, we need to focus in on that and, and expand the public health efforts in that area. So, yeah, it's not the, uh, you know, the disaster. It's not COVID. Everybody relax. Dr. Siegel putting it in perspective. And uh, listen, I have a lot more on this, uh, Nancy. You, you won't believe this clip I have of Pelosi trying to justify this useless uh, taxpayer uh, Asian junket that she's on. You're not going to believe this clip. You're not going to believe it. That's coming up. Got it all here. And uh, follow-up on the well, – yeah, I, I, Justin talking in my ears. Yeah, I have that. A follow-up also on the uh, Veterans Bill with the toxic burn pits. A uh, little follow-up. Uh, it's, it's supposedly going to be passed this week, but – there's more to the story, ladies and gentlemen, on the Bernie and Sid Show, Traffic and Sport. But the big Bo Deedle's coming up this morning, uh, next hour, the great Bo Deedle, Traffic and Sports as well. But right now it's time for 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to Keys to the City with Anthony Weiner on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Here, Anthony talks scaffolding. My brother Jason, he had a restaurant on Fifth Avenue. The building on the corner right next to his had scaffolding that went up because they were doing some construction. The scaffolding extended so far that it basically blocked his doorway. And even by putting up signs and even by trying to get the neighboring guy to cooperate, and he did by putting up some signage there, it just cast such a shadow literally and figuratively over the business that it eventually had to close. And now L&W Oyster Company no longer exists on Fifth Avenue. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. This is... Not worried Sid about it. On Sports. I'm no worries. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Well, here's the good news out for Joe Nolan today. The Yankees become the first team in Major League Baseball to already get to 70 wins only took 104 games, and the Yanks are there. Blew out the Mariners last night, 7-2. to two, And the Bombers, true to their nickname, had four home runs. Number 26 for Anthony Rizzo. Two more for all-star catcher Jose Trevino. And yes, you guessed it, number 43 for the big guy. Swung on and into the air to left center field. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. It's amazing. It's not that easy to hit home runs. That was a judging blast to left center. 
43 for Judge John Sterling on the call, WFBN. Congratulations to our very own Mike DeDino, who secured an interview with Aaron Judge yesterday out in, I believe it was Queens. Either way, Yankees win again. Their lead over Toronto is now 12 games. The Mets won as well, 7-3 to in D.C. last night. Pete Alonso with his club-leading 27th home run of the year. But the big hit came from Francisco Lindor, who made the one-run game an easy Met win. Francisco unloads one to left center field. It's well hit. Back of the gap goes Hernandez, and it's out of here. Francisco Lindor with a three-run homer. Number 18 for Lindor. And it's 7-3 to three, New York. Ah, the great Gary Cohen, SNY, the happy Lisa Ganji recap. Mets get their 65th win of the year. The Braves were off, so the Met lead is now 3.5 over Atlanta. They'll play game two of that series against Washington later on tonight. And the big news is... Jacob DeGrom on the mound for the Mets. Yes, he's back. Sports brought to you by the great Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Check them out, peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. The great Bo Deedle is coming up at 740 with sports. I'm Sid. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Going with the classic Tom Sawyer, 643 on your Tuesday morning. Getting light out now here in the city. Going to be very hot the next couple of days. 91 and sunny today. And they say it may hit 96 tomorrow. 96 and sunny tomorrow. So I know football is right around the corner. And yesterday was cloudy. And it's getting darker out later. But it is still hot as a bitch the next couple of days, so uh, be careful out there. Hey, uh, Bernard was just talking about the monkeypox. He did a good job with that Dr. Mark Siegel cut from the great John Katsimatidis show yesterday. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, the greatest gay person in New York is a guy that's been on this show twice, and he, of course, is the man that has built that legendary Bravo channel, which even though I'm down in the Real Housewives of New Jersey, I still watch it all the time. I love it. And that is our mutual friend, Bernard, Andy Cohen. Right. And, and Andy is a very gay. Of <laughs> New, uh, New Year's Eve fame, uh, among other things. That's right. He does. Uh, he did, at least. He got fired that great show with right. um, Anderson Cooper Anderson. on CNN. Yes. So, Andy, I, I guess this is from WWHL on Bravo last night. Lydia sent me this. Andy was talking about monkeypox, his community, and his gay brothers on the Bravo channel last night. And if you missed it, Andy kind of repeats what Dr. Mark Siegel said. Here's a great Andy Cohen from the Bravo channel on Monkeypox. 
Tonight's Shaco goes to the news that monkeypox cases have risen so dramatically in New York City that Mayor Eric Adams issued an executive order declaring a state of emergency today. After what's been an abysmal response from our government so far, I'm hoping this new order will help our leaders actually deal with this threat and pressure the federal government to deploy badly needed resources like vaccines, which have been very hard to come by. And I want to speak to my gay brothers for a minute. We need to take this seriously because this is effective us at much higher rates than others right now. So be aware, get vaccinated if you can. And please, I know it's summer and we all have COVID fatigue, but please be safe and don't take unnecessary risks. I know it's summer, but keep it locked up. And at the same time, I call on everyone in the government and the media to not stigmatize our community, which is already under attack from many who'd rather use us as a scapegoat than help us. And if you're not a gay man, you might think this doesn't affect you now, but this is everyone's problem because as we've learned from very recent history, unless we act now, these things can get a whole lot worse very quickly. Well said there by Andy Cohen, pretty much saying, yes, it's our community now, but we've seen this before. Everybody eventually does get affected. And uh, he did talk about stigmatizing his community. I mean, are folks doing that, Bernie? I don't necessarily see or hear that. Is he right about that? I don't. I haven't seen any examples of it, overt examples of it, but uh, just the fact that it's emanating from the gay community, I guess, will, will give people license to say, "Yeah, those dirty gays" or something like that. I don't know. Right. right. I haven't seen it. I, mean, I think they they they're worried about that, but I haven't necessarily seen that sort of thing. Andy Cohen, the Bravo Channel. Now, one story we broke yesterday on Bernie and Sid was the NFL. Not the NFL, I shouldn't say that, because Roger Goodell will actually meet over the next three days to talk about this ruling, which came from an arbiter, Sue Robinson, about the suspension for Deshaun Watson, the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. And as it turns out, 66 accusations, 66 women have accused him, not rape, not rape, but everything from inappropriate touching to uh, masturbating in front of them, all kinds of really nasty stuff. And it turns out he only got a six-game suspension. So there's this uh, really good analyst on ESPN, Bernard. Her name is Mina Kimes, very attractive, by the way. And uh, she talked about the ruling from Sue Robinson yesterday and the nature of what she said, which sounded really, really naughty. This is courtesy of ESPN and Mina Kimes. I find her ruling to be utterly incoherent and confusing, frankly. So first she lays out the allegations, many of which we're familiar with. The NFL accuses Watson of going into these sessions with a sexual intent, bringing a towel that couldn't cover him, ejaculating on the woman. These are details that have been widely reported in the settlements and outside news stories for a very long time now. What is more significant to me was her own findings. And she found, essentially, the NFL proved its case that Watson did engage in unwanted touching, that he knew it was unwanted that the NFL met the burden of a civil suit to prove sexual assault took place. She calls his behavior predatory and even says he can only work with in-house massage therapists from now on. I find this incredibly difficult to square with her ultimate conclusion, which was based on Preston, but also her own interpretation that what took place was not violent. Not violent. I mean, it sounds when you when when somebody has to do something they don't want to do. That sounds kind of violent to me, no, Bernie? Uh, especially uh, in, in, a, in a sexual manner, it sounds violent and uh, 
I mean, you know, it's 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 a sexual assault on top of just being assault. It's a sexual assault, which I think we deem worse than just a, a regular assault. Yeah. Now I didn't realize uh, yesterday that that these a lot, a lot of these women were massage therapists. Yes. That yes. were making the accusations. Yes. I did not know that. Yeah. But a lot of guys uh, go into some of these sessions thinking, well, this is what uh, this is what she does. They think it's that that that's the business. You know, I mean, uh, you can think winking and nod. You can think that. <laughs> yeah, but, winking but, and nod. Uh, right. That that's that's what uh, you know. That's what was, that's, this is what's supposed to happen. Uh, but uh, I guess at some point these ladies make it clear that that's not what's going to happen. And at that point, you got to pull back. You know, get get a bigger towel. And uh, keep that thing, uh, you know, uh, keep it, uh, you know, <laughs> to yourself there. Huh? <laughs> I mean, so uh, either way, uh, six games, not nearly enough. I mean, for what he did, just not enough, I don't think so. And it's it's, it's interesting, of course, not surprising that Goodell uh, makes uh, a woman uh, hand down this edict, yeah, you know, yeah. as though that will soften the blow somehow or other. Right. Well, he's got but, the opportunity uh, now because the appeal comes, and now Goodell is going to have the chance to either keep it at six games or I guess maybe even lessen it or, or increase it. I don't know. I don't know what Goodell can and can't do. But I have to tell you that uh, listening to people all across sports and outside of sports, very few people, including Steve Serby, who's a mutual friend of ours in today's New York Post, think that Deshaun Watson got uh, got enough games. It should have been a full season, at the very least. Six games is basically one-third of the NFL season. But I want your take here, Bernie, because you like this guy, and uh, I don't really. And I've said some nasty things about him, and I maintain what I said is true. And that is Stephen A. Smith. I know he's entertaining. He's the highest-paid guy at ESPN, makes about $10 million a year. And I understand why. He's a very talented guy. But he says a lot of stuff that borders on racist, also borders on, he says some hateful things. And he talked about this ruling yesterday. And it sounded to me that like he was more worried about the NFL's power than it was these women who were clearly clearly touched inappropriately by Deshaun Watson. I want your take on it, Bernard. Here's Stephen A. Smith, courtesy of ESPN. I have always hated the fact that the NFL has even balked to this degree. To me, they have been trying to do the job of law enforcement. If you have, if you are the league and you are the shield, the simple fact that Deshaun Watson found himself in this situation if you're the National Football League, okay, you've impugned the shield because you brought this unwanted attention to our brand. And as a result, that is the reason we want to hand down whatever suspension it is that we want to hand down. Because the NFL has been trying to make amends for their dereliction of duty in some people's eyes as it pertains to Ray Rice, they've gone the route of, as far as I'm concerned, trying to resemble law enforcement. He uh, called in from vacation, so the cell phone wasn't great. Dereliction of duty in some people's eyes for Ray Rice. Let me remind folks, he was the running back from Rutgers and the Baltimore Ravens who cold-cocked his girlfriend in an elevator at a casino, knocked her unconscious, and only received a two-game suspension. Two games. That certainly was a dereliction of duty. Sounded to me like he was more worried about the brand, and the NFL should protect their brand than punish this scumbag quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. What about you? Did sound that way. Worried about the NFL's reputation, and I didn't hear anything about the victims there, the female right. victims. And I wasn't clear. What did he want? Did he think the six games was satisfactory? 
or should there be more? Should there be more games? I mean, that 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 is the question right now. I mean, you know, rambling on about the NFL's reputation, I, I I think that's irrelevant right now. Who cares about their reputation? I mean, we got a guy here who is uh, clearly a predator. And by the way, you know, we said the same thing about Ben Rapisberger uh, for years and years and years. Could just kill that guy. I couldn't stand that uh, a, a Rapisberger. So it ain't about race, ladies and gentlemen. Get that out of your head. Uh, it's about the, uh, some guys taking advantage of, uh, you know, unsuspecting females. In this case, uh, not even, uh, well, it's not as, uh, the, the quantity, the number is staggering with uh, Rapisberger. It was just one girl, really. Uh, maybe there were other I allegations. Think there were two. I think there were two, yeah. But either way, it was, right, okay. this, it was nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, this is, this is a lot. So uh, six games ain't going to cut it. Uh, I don't know. Is it going to blow over? Uh, we will. Will we be engaged in World War Three by the time right. you know? And 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 it will prove to be a nice distraction for Deshaun Watson. I don't know how it's going to play out, but uh, I don't know. I just think uh, Goodell's going to get it. The ball's going to go into his court as it should. He should get the blame for whatever happens because the buck stops with that uh, coward, that yeah. loser, Agreed. who we already know is just a, a feckless uh, piece of garbage. And the NFL did want to suspend Deshaun Watson for the entire season. The NFL, that's Goodell. So let's see if he comes back uh, after Sue Robinson's uh, punishment here and does something about it. By the way, they did ask Baker Mayfield, who I know you like, the former Heisman Trophy winner out of Oklahoma, who Cleveland just got rid of because of Deshaun Watson. Now he's battling Sam Donald as the backup in Carolina. What he thought about the whole Deshaun Watson deal, and he said, they pay me to play quarterback here in Carolina. That's all I'm going to talk about. So, But you know that Baker Mayfield right. is yeah. like, you bastards, you got what you deserve now. This guy's not going to play a third of the season, and you got rid of me? F you. Right, exactly. Yeah, for, for uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, this is actually a happy ending, if I may. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, this is just another happy ending for Deshaun. And, uh, that is funny. It, it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't good enough for, uh, you know, any right-minded person, I don't think, anyway. <laughs> You got to break on that. That's hilarious. This is a happy ending. Bernard McGurk, once again, from way downtown. We'll be right back. <laughs> Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And now the end is near And so I face the final curtain My friend, I'll say it clear I'll state my case of which I'm certain I've lived a life that's full I traveled each and every highway and more. Much more than this. Much more than this. I did it. I did it. Yes, the record shows I did some blow. A rousing rendition of this song last night by the great Joe Piscopo at the Garden City Country Club, one that had everybody on their feet. John and Margot Katsimatidis and Chad Lopez and Emily Pankow, Sid Rosenberg and a host of others singing along. It was a great rendition and a terrific time last night once again. And Joe Piscopo, you are amazing. 
Folks, uh, Bernie and Sid listeners win a chance to see my guy Joel Osteen, who, by the way, makes his Bernie and Sid debut coming up on Thursday morning. This is very exciting. Joel Osteen will be live at Yankee Stadium this Saturday, this Saturday, and we've got a pair of tickets to give away right now to see Joel Osteen in a special live event once again at Yankee Stadium. Be caller number 6. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222, and we'll give you a pair of tickets to see Joel Osteen live at Yankee Stadium this Saturday night. Once again, caller number 6, on behalf of Bernie and Sid in the Morning and ABC, you will go Saturday and see Joel Osteen, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. I know you've got uh, sound on Greg Norman, Bernie, but the the story that came out yesterday that the PGA is going to hand out about $429 million in prize money next season, and yet the Live Golf Tour offered Tiger Woods anywhere between seven and $800 million. They offered him individually twice the amount of prize money they will spend the entire year on the entire PGA Tour. I mean, those guys, they are spending a... And Tiger Woods, say what you want about the guy, loyal to the PGA. He knows those guys made him a lot of money. He said, no, thank you. Oh, well, that's that's loyalty, but he's got the... You know, he, he doesn't need any money, you know that. He's got more money than God. The only thing I have is uh, Greg Norman from uh, he, he he did an interview with Tucker, but well, the takeaway actually from the Greg Norman interview was that uh, he said that the PGA, the biggest one of their biggest sponsors, is uh, Saudi Aramco, a Saudi oil company. Uh-huh. So they should shut their mouths. Interesting. I mean, there's a, a yep. lot of hypocrisy, and, and the same thing with the uh, women's golf. A lot of Saudi sponsors, et cetera, et cetera. But they're coming after, and he says, but they're coming after, they're coming after all, so they'll leave tournament. Interesting. Uh, so uh, that was the takeaway from it. But I do have some more audio from Greg Norman. And also, uh, again, Nancy Pelosi trying to justify this useless Asian junket coming up. All right, plus, of course, our next hour of Bill O'Reilly's morning message and the great Bo Deedle, hour number two of the Tuesday edition of Bernie and Sid, comes your way right after Deb Valentine and Frank Sinatra right here on Talk Radio 77. WADC. Do it live! Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, he was blind, right? I don't think he was. This is Chris DeBerg. 
Maybe he was. I, I oh, don't I'm think thinking, so, though. I'm, I may be thinking about another guy. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, a very nice song. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere in that 77 WABC app, ladies and gentlemen. Simulcast out on Eastern Long Island. News Talk 107.1 FM. And, uh, yes, uh, Sydney, uh, a lot of high drama out there with this uh, between two ladies in the uh, in Congress. One of them is Nancy Pelosi, of course. And I maintain that Rich Lowry wants her to go to uh, she, he wants her to go to Taiwan because she they may shoot a plane down, <laughs> and uh, that would give him no uh, a joy to no end. And a lot of Republicans digest. I don't know. I, I don't know what they're thinking. Why we need this aggravation right now? But the other uh, the other bit of high drama involves the uh, senator from Arizona, Kirsten Cinema. Will she or will she not vote for this? Uh, Disastrous uh, climate bill, this uh, the, the supposed Inflation Reduction Act, which is anything but. I mean, they have the the onions to name it that. But anyway, that's still a mystery. She may say, "Hey, listen, you know, uh, I was a, a no for a long time. I'm not going to switch just because uh, this, uh, uh, this 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 uh, cowardly spineless goober from West Virginia got bribed with a pipeline in West Virginia and says, okay, 'Okay, I'll vote for it. Screw the rest of the country.'" You know, screw the United States, screw it. You know, you're going to have inflation, you're going to have high taxes. I mean, it's just, uh, it, the bill is just a complete and total, absolute wreck is what it is. It's going to ruin this economy even further than it already is. By the way, today is primary day in like five states, Michigan, Missouri, Arizona. And uh, so that's a big deal. We'll see what uh, Trump, uh, Trump in Arizona backing this one lady, uh, Carrie Lake for Senate. It's a big deal. And also in Missouri, he's back into somebody who's going up against Gretchen Whitmer. Uh, we'll see how much juice he has, how much uh, you know his weight carries at this point. But the, the, back to the drama, this is really, really serious stuff. And I can't believe people are just you know going along cavalierly like nothing is happening. This could be World War Three with China. And this is no joke. This is not the, uh, Putin. China is deadly serious. They are powerful and uh, they can do a lot i mean that they have what they they export so much to us and, and by the way taiwan itself you know the, the main uh, exporter of computer chips uh in the globe and the whole globe so if uh, china decides to invade now because of what we're doing i mean we just get cut off that and, and and everything else that china makes i'll get to that in a minute but in the meantime uh, this is what one of the uh, communist chinese government spokesman said about Pelosi this just yesterday, Pelosi's uh, trip, and she may land in Taiwan later today, or she may not. That's the uh, mystery. That's the high drama. Cut number two, the uh, communist Chinese spokesperson on Pelosi in Taiwan, too. Go ahead. A Chinese spokesperson said there would be serious consequences for the visit over the weekend conducting military drills at sea. If House Speaker Pelosi insists on visiting Taiwan, China will take resolute and strong measures to defend its sovereignty and territorial integrity. So they're not playing, and they had threatened to also shoot down the plane. I mean, it doesn't get any more direct than that. And the Fox News do see to Corinne Jean-Pierre, the very incompetent Corinne Jean-Pierre. This, I mean, it's because she's a lesbian black lady. They give her the job. You know, 65% of the time she has somebody there at the podium with her, something that the Peppermint Patty Punk Saki never had to do. But this lady is so incompetent, so glued to the, uh, the notepad in front of her, that they had to put people in there with her because she could not handle it. Anyway, 
yesterday, Ducey, to uh, this lady on the shooting down threat. Cut number three. Go ahead. Uh, an official who is associated with Chinese state media is suggesting that if Speaker Pelosi tries to go to Taiwan, her plane could be shot down. Does the president have a response to that? You know, I've been asked about, I know you're asking specifically about uh, uh, oh my God. the rhetoric that we're hearing from China, but as it relates to uh, the speaker's uh, the speaker's um, travels. Uh, Hello? It's something that we're just not going to speak oh to. Right now, that's a hypothetical. Wow. It's not a hypothetical. Oh she's God. actually going. What do you, t- I mean, so, yeah, she's really bad. I mean, so bad. But, uh, it, the, the you know, if they fired this black lesbian lady, they're going to catch hell. No, they can't do but it. That's what you, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. what you get when you, 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 you know, you quota hire or whatever they're doing. When you hire based on the stupid things, superficial things like looks and sex and all that stuff, just look at uh, Kamala. What a disaster she's turned out to be. But another disaster is this Pelosi. I mean, 82 years old. She tried to explain away this uh, this useless, totally useless Asian junket at taxpayer expense. We're paying for this. What is she trying trying to accomplish there? Nothing. It is just a total, uh, you know, it's a tourist trip is what it is. Anyway, this is this is her trying to justify it. Cut number five. She's every bit as bad as Joe Biden, uh, cognitively impaired, as they say. Cut number five. Go ahead. The um, president earlier, uh, well, earlier in his term, mm. talked about a strong emphasis on the Asian Pacific. Uh, he he has visited there, as uh, vice president's visit there, the secretary of commerce and others, and uh, we want the Congress of the United States to be part of that initiative. Of course, as a West Coast person, we see the Pacific as there are, you know, that's our their home. We're oh, part man. of that as well. That is not to diminish the importance of our uh, transatlantic relationships as well. On. But uh, it's it's we're, I'm very excited if should we go uh, to the countries <laughs> that we're, we you'll be hearing about along the way. Oh my what? god. That's, that's, that's a million times worse than uh, Sarah Palin's I can see Russia from my house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we, can see, we can see the Pacific Ocean, and we know what lies across the ocean is Asia. I mean, that is so bad. So, so do you, what's the justification now for the Asian junket? I don't anybody, know. Anybody? Anybody? Well, I'm, I'm no. going to ask you. I mean, look, we've been over this before, right? If Donald Trump is still president, obviously there's no Ukraine-Russia war. There's no China-Taiwan rumors. So is she going there to try to, I guess, ease some of the tension between China and Taiwan? Is that what we're supposed to believe? Because I don't get it. No. no, I've never heard anything like that. No, not at all. So why is she, no, why it, is she going to Taiwan? To, to, to show uh, support? You, you, th- this is the question. This is, I don't know. It's only going to provoke the communist Chinese exacerbate tensions is what it's well, going well, to accomplish. Yeah, you say that, but if she came out and said, listen, listen, it is not okay for China to go into Taiwan, it is not okay with the United States, and I'm going there this morning not to aggravate the Chinese government, but to show our support for Taiwan, that wouldn't upset me, would it upset you? If she said she was going, yes, it would upset it me. Would Stay upset the hell out of it. Stay out of it. We already have a, a, a policy of what they call strategic ambiguity. Uh, uh, we don't want China to know which way we're going to act. We want to keep it a mystery. We want to keep the, them uh, off guard. 
and she should stay. She has no business butting into this uh, this, this, this okay. policy that we have. No business whatsoever. This may cause World War Three. These Chinese ain't playing. And it's and again, listen to Tucker Carlson. He puts it all into perspective. I mean, the guy's brilliant. And this is a serious, serious topic. We need all hands on deck, including Tucker, to uh, again put it in perspective and tell people why this is so wrong. Her going to Taiwan. Cut number six. A Tucker Carlson go. The U.S. has never been less ready for war, particularly for war with China. And the Biden administration has done everything it can to make certain that we are not ready for a war with China or even with the Taliban. Biden has, since the day he took office, politicized and weakened the United States military systematically to the point we are not going to win a war against China. Sorry, that's true. General Mark Milley out there telling Congress that soldiers need to learn about white rage because otherwise they'll be unprepared for combat. Attacking people on the basis of their skin color? Right. Firing Navy SEALs because they won't get the vaccine? The healthiest people in the world? And the point, of course, is humiliation and degradation, the destruction of the centuries-old military traditions. Let's have drag shows and military bases, which they are now doing. No one should be surprised that people don't really want to join a military like that. A woke military. It's a joke. And the recruitment numbers show it. This is a crisis. The U.S. military is now signing up, no exaggeration, mentally deficient troops. So Biden and Pelosi, are uh, their mouths are writing checks that our military can't cash. Essentially, what are they doing? The end game is if, if China does call, uh, if we call China's bluff and they come through and it's not a bluff, right. we can't win the war. So what's the point? And there's just a little bit more, to, enough to scare you into uh, a proper opinion. Uh, cut number seven, uh, more Tucker. Go ahead. According to the Spectator of London, this is worth thinking about, quote, if a naval blockade gave Beijing control of the export of Taiwan's semiconductor industry, which is huge, then Western leaders would find themselves beholden to China to keep their economies going. Russia's use of gas to dampen Western opposition to its actions in Ukraine would be dwarfed by China's ability to hold the world ransom through control of Taiwan's chips. In other words, if we went to war with China and we're moving in that direction, the Chinese could simply turn off our economy because our people in charge of our country have made no preparations for this. The Chinese government could prevent us from having, I don't know, cars that run, refrigerators, cell phones, computers. They would also be able to stop exports of antibiotics, as well as ibuprofen, take Advil, vitamin C, hydrocortisone. China supplies more than 70% of acetaminophen, often called Tylenol. What else does China make? Well, China makes everything, for example, that you need to transport goods across the country. China produces 96% of the world's shipping containers. They make 80% of the cranes that carry cargo from the ship to the dock. So we get cut off from oh all God. that during a war, which, I, I mean, it's just, it's a no-win situation. No, Total no-win. No win. Win, but I have it, to tell you, uh, I've never felt so inferior, and, and I'm the first to yell and scream, greatest country in the world, we're the greatest, and I, I really do feel that way. But after listening to Tucker, man, do I feel a little inferior. Absolutely. And everything he said, you can't argue with any of it. The no. woke military versus the killing machine that is the Chinese military. Uh, so anyway, uh, f- fodder for thought, ladies and gentlemen, when we say, yeah, we got to stand up to, you know, we got to stand up and show the Chinese that we're not afraid of their rhetoric. Uh, shut up. We don't need this a- a- aggravation from some old windbag who once ripped up the State of the Union speech. She's a, she's a, a total, uh, she's a bad lady. She's a bad lady. Listen, Justin, get cut 15 from yesterday ready. Uh, in the meantime, play this clip. John Stewart is out all over the place, grandstanding. Uh, he, he got duped by Schmuck Schumer. 
He's a useful idiot for Schmuck Schumer running around trashing the Republicans. But uh, here's uh, here's uh, the media doing their part as well. Stewart on uh, Sunday mornings with uh, Stephanopoulos. John Carl was hosting on ABC. Listen to this ask job. Cut 11. Go ahead. I've heard you say or say that you have thought in the past you had given consideration of running for office. I think I have that correct. And, and uh, you know, look, we, we've had a, we have some precedent now. There's a, there's a guy in Ukraine uh, who is a comedian who had a, a very popular show uh, uh, who is now uh, a president of Ukraine. Some people think he's a, he's a very good president. Uh, is there any chance you run for office? I mean, you know, any office at all? Oh uh, yeah, well, Stewart it didn't quite answer. He was like, he gave a, he gave a, you know, he's not going to run. In other words, but that's just an example of the ass kiss. But the, this is John Stewart today, the real John Stewart. Uh, listen to him on his own show. Uh, he's just a self-hating white boy. Uh, cut number. Well, go ahead, play the clip. America has always prioritized white comfort over black survival. Black Stop. people have had to fight so hard for equality. Oh that they've been irreparably set back in the pursuit of equity. And any real attempt to uh, repair a ton of that damage, reparation, (laughs) sets off white peoples, they're coming for our along. Funny about that. So do we want uh, that little weasel as president no, of the United uh, States? I've hated him. I mean, you know that, Bernard. I was adamant about this years ago with you. Never liked him. Show me anybody that's worked at Comedy Central. They're an enemy of this country. Whether it's Colbert, Noah, Stewart, any one of them, they're an enemy yep. of this country. Very well said. So the issue, of course, is these are these toxic burn pits that the veterans uh, inhaled during their time in Afghanistan and Iraq. And we, we need to take care of those veterans in a big way. And everybody wants to do that. But Schmuck Schumer, being the weasel of a swamp rat that he is, he stuck in a $400 billion provision. Ladies and gentlemen, $400 billion snuck it into this take care of the veterans with the toxic uh, burn pits bill because nobody will oppose it because it's a veterans bill. They won't dare oppose it. Well, people caught on to it and said, no, take that stupid thing you're putting in, that poison pill in, Take it out. And that's why they rejected the bill until Schumer takes it out. And he reportedly is going to take it out this week. But Pat Toomey, it's called the Pat Toomey Amendment. This is the senator from Pennsylvania that, by the way, Dr. Oz is vying to replace. But listen to him on that very topic, cut number 13, Pat Toomey on the toxic burn pit bill. So we're going to get this done, Senator Toomey, in the right way without this additional ridiculous spending at the height of 41-year well, high inflation? That's still very much an open question. Senator Schumer has not told me that I'm going to be able to get my amendment. But this is a replay of an age-old Washington trick. Take a sympathetic group of Americans, craft a bill to address their problems, and then sneak something in that they know could never pass on its own and dare the Republicans to raise an issue because they will sick their accomplices in the media and some pseudo-celebrity will tell lies and characterize this as 
heartless, cruel Republicans who don't care about these victims. Totally untrue. My amendment has absolutely nothing to do with the actual money that will be spent for veterans who need it. I won't cut a dime, not a penny, under any circumstances. What I want to do is stop them from changing the budget rules to grease the skids for a $400 billion spending spree that has nothing to do with veterans. So John Stewart is a grandstanding piece of shizzle. And if he didn't know, he should know by now what Schumer was up to, and he should come clean about it. Again, uh, expose, uh, 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 Jesse Waters really was the guy who exposed all this stuff, got to the, the, the bottom of it, the facts that this uh, Schumer provision has nothing to do with the veterans and the toxic burn pits whatsoever. So uh, on the Bernie and Sid show, we are going to speak to Bo Deedle in a little while, ladies and gentlemen, but that's the anatomy of a Democrat smear right there, exposed. We'll see what happens this week. More drama down in the swamp known as D.C., the disgusting place on, on primary day in the United States. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, keep it right here on the Bernie and Sid Show. We are coming right back. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Tuesday, one of the awful things about the collapse of public education is that most Americans lack a fundamental understanding of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Therefore, when the Supreme Court declared unconstitutional New York State's refusal to allow law-abiding citizens to carry legally purchased handguns, there was immediately an insane amount of gibberish hoisted on the public. About two million Americans heard the far-left ladies on The View posit that because of the ruling, we New Yorkers are in far more danger. According to the women, Wild West shootouts will soon erupt paging Wyatt Earp. What these nincompoops fail to understand is that criminals already have handguns, and they didn't buy them from honest dealers who have to impose extensive background checks the thugs would never endure. You cannot buy a handgun in New York or California or many other states without having your entire life scrutinized. Joey the pusher is not going to do that. So vicious criminals are armed and innocent civilians are not in many places. Last year, there were 37,000 violent crimes committed in New York State alone. Almost all of the victims unarmed. So give me a break. The founders wanted honest people to be able to protect themselves from evil predators. That is the right to bear arms. It'll still be difficult to buy a pistol and get a carry permit in New York State. But now, because of the Supreme Court ruling, it is not impossible. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Bruno. He's your numero uno. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Put your hair back. 
get to leave Eleven gallows on your sleeve Shallow figured winners paid Eleven shadows way out of The Great Murmur album going back many, many years ago, 728 on your Tuesday morning. Bo Deedle coming up uh, after sports and traffic. You know, you just played that uh, Mark Levin promo, and the great one will be on 6 o'clock tonight and every night. And I've got some Sid Rosenberg, Mark Levin news. As far as uh -oh. that's it. Oh, yes. So um, I did see Anthony Zaccardi yesterday, and he is uh, my publisher, of course, Post Hill Press. Uh, slash Simon and Schuster, my new book, Citizens United, my second book, set for official release according to Amazon September the 6th. But I may receive copies of the book as early as today. Today. So I'm very wow. excited to get home and check the mail. But um, now we're starting to put together the Sid Rosenberg Worldwide Book Tour, which will include three states New York, New Jersey, and Florida for book signings like, like stores, you know, like Barnes and Noble, that type sure. of thing. I've already got three personal book signings ready to go. Looks like Michael's of Brooklyn, the Italian restaurant, two other places. So a lot of exciting stuff in and around the book, which, again, I think you folks are going to love it. Everything from Trump to Biden to Adams to de Blasio to Hochul to Zeldin to Tom Brady, Real Housewives, my dad, my son. It's just uh, it's like this radio show. Right, it's everything me and Bernie talk about every day, which is everything, and a lot of very warm family stories too. I think you folks are really going to love it. And uh, while I'm uh, doing all these different uh, signings and events, Bernard, now we're starting to put together where I'll end up promoting the book. Uh, for example, uh, Brian Kilmeade has a very popular Saturday night TV show on Fox News, and I'll be on that show Saturday night, September the tenth. Uh, also, Fox and Friends, the That's morning huge. that is big. Fox and Friends, the morning show on Fox News. I'll be on the week after that, the week of the 13th. So I'm going to run out of this show for an hour, wow. run back and forth. But um, the great uh, Rich Valdez and producer Rich contacted me last night, and I'll be on the Mark Levin Show coming up Thursday night, September the 8th at 8.20. Mark Levin excited and more than happy to have me on and promote the new book. And that is a huge appearance in an effort to uh, get the book sold. So a special thanks to Mark Levin. How about that, Bernard? That's right. He said it. <laughs> uh, that, that is big. I mean, listen, you knew it, and I, I've known Mark Levin for a long time. Uh, just a wonderful, generous, uh, loyal guy, Mark Levin. He really is a sweetheart. And so uh, for him to do that for you, I'm not surprised, but I'm, uh, I'm very, very happy. It is. That's a big deal. Another... Huge, huge audience on the Mark Levin Show and all of the rest of them. Fox and Friends, One Nation on Saturday nights with Brian Kilmeade. This is very exciting. It's only the beginning, ladies and gentlemen. That, that, this is, uh, 
Well, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be a New York Times uh, number one bestseller. Uh, I believe. Hope, at let's some hope. Point. I mean, I'm sure of young Greg Kelly show on Newsmax, if not uh, Spicer. I'm good friends, of course, with uh, Stinchfield. Also, he's on at eight o'clock. So we've got a whole bunch of really cool stuff. And again. I uh, can't thank you. You specifically, your forward, just great. I mean, really, really goes to show the long friendship you and I have had uh, on, on our relationship, which has been so great, and now reaping dividends for this station, number one in New York City. But above and beyond that, our real relationship, you really go on to uh, to do a good job portraying that in your forward. It's a very emotional and funny forward. And then John Katzenmatidis, I can't thank him enough. He wrote some things in that forward which blew me away. Uh, one of them saying, when I bought this station, I wanted Cousin Brucey for music, and I wanted Sid Rosenberg for talk. That's exactly what he said in his forward. Uh, wow. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, just, just between you and uh, John, Bernie, just uh, both you guys did an amazing job, and uh, it's very exciting for me and very exciting for you and John, the whole station. And hopefully, uh, as a team, we can get this book to the very, very top. That's, uh, that's the goal. I think it's going to happen, and uh, I can't wait myself to get a copy of the book, which I will be ordering myself as well. I'll be ordering many copies, by the way, just uh, you. between you and me. Thank you. Uh, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying. Just You're to uh, a little bit of helping out there. You're but, the best. Uh, no, this is this is a, this, this is a big deal. Look at you, the king of all media, radio, <laughs> uh, movies, TV, and uh, now uh, you know, liter- the literary world. Who who would have thought? I mean, come on. A couple of years ago, uh, seven oh, years ago, listen, would anybody think uh, no. this was possible? Uh, seven years ago, I was doing a sports talk show out of a broom closet. Literally. I'm not ex- Ask Pete Morgan. He was there. It was a broom closet in an industrial mall in Pompano Beach, Florida. And um, I was just trying to hold on to my career. When I was fired back in 2005 by Imus and WFAN, if you would have said 17 years later, like you just said, you'd be in a hit TV show, two movies, authored my second book now. This is my second book and co-hosting the number one morning show in New York. I would have said you yep. were nuts. But, but if you stay resilient and you stay positive and you keep working despite what people say in this country... And I know I'm a white male, so I get all the privileges, right? Bullcrap. I get none of them. I was fired a million times, put in jail, put in rehabs. I got no privileges. I worked my ass off. I've got talent, yes, nice. but wow. I worked my ass off. And you know what? In this country, you do that, nine times out of ten, you're going to win. It's so true, staying positive. I mean, all I can ever think about is that you driving down to Florida oh, with your God. family yep. after you got yep. fired yep. And, and how dejected you must have been. And to come back from that... It really is an incredible, credible comeback story. Unbelievable. And that's what uh, America loves, stories of redemption like that, hard work and redemption, and you are the embodiment of it. And uh, I congratulate you for it. And, again, uh, the book, I just cannot wait. Well, you're a Citizens major reason. United. Uh, the, the, you know, that trip down to Florida, believe me when I tell you when I was driving through North Carolina and Danielle was asleep and little Ava, she was 18 months old, she was asleep. Even my dog Lucy, who has since passed away, she was asleep. And uh, I wanted to kill myself. And I, I mean that. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, it, for man. real. You know, you declared bankruptcy. Yep. Uh, you, you're going lost down to Florida. N- yep. No job. No, you lost your home. You're yep. going down to your, I think, your mother-in-law's house or something? Oh, uh, Actually, Danielle's cousin. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and uh, just utter humiliation. And uh, yet you responded. You, you, you never lost hope. Uh, I mean, maybe momentarily, but you regained yourself. You, you regained your composure. And you fought back. And here you are. And uh, I'm so... I'm so proud of you and so happy for you. Well, I know you are. I know you're sincere. And uh, on the drive back, let's say, when I regained 
uh, all this stuff, you're in the front seat right next to me. So thank you. I love you to pieces. I really do, Bernard. And uh, another guy, Bo Deedle, he's in the book quite a bit. I talk about all the great guests you and I have on every week and the contribution they make to the show. But I also talk about the acting in the book, Gravesend and Gemini Lounge and the new Ron and Santa movie I start next month. And I do say in the book that Bo Deedle has really inspired me. Here's a guy that was a cop, you know, just a kind of a knock-around New York City guy. And when I say he's become a great actor, I'm not just blowing smoke up Bo's ass. He is a great actor. He's inspired me. So he's in the book quite a bit, and he's coming up next. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app, ladies and gentlemen. A little kick-ass music appropriate for our next guest. Oh, that was the actual theme, Bernard, from NYPD Blue, the great Dennis Franz Sipowitz. So that's why that uh, Justin played that. Nice, Very good, yeah. It works uh, on on a lot of counts because, uh, well, our, uh, our next guest is a former NYPD detective. He was undercover. He, 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 He sacrificed himself. Many, many times, put his life on the line many times, and then went on to be a wildly famous private detective, and now a successful actor in his own right. Let's bring him in, our good friend and, uh, well, a longtime good friend, the good-hearted Bo Deedle. Good morning, Bo. Good morning, and Sid, I can't wait for your book to come out. Thanks. Buy some copies for all the kids, everybody. Thank you. And looking forward to reading it. And a lot of people don't know really what you went through. I know. I've been there from the beginning. And uh, to pick yourself up from where you were. Oh, we lost. I think we lost Bo. Yeah, right at the point. uh, He'll be right Right back. Right at the uh, climax. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) to pick yourself up from from where you felt. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he's just, yeah, he's exactly right. Uh, he was there so from put, the beginning. He was there from the beginning. He was yep. there during the really rough days of the fan, the early 2000s. I was in the beginning. I mean, I started my issues. The first time I went to rehab was actually 1995, before I even met you, Bernie. But um, I was getting a little better, and then it got really ugly in my very short. You know, people think I was at the fan for like 15 years because it was so turbulent. I was only there for four and a half years. Midway of 2001 yeah. to 2005, but things really spiraled out of control during those years at, uh, at the fan. You certainly made a splash <laughs> during, those, uh, <laughs> yeah. during those years. Uh, you know, just the uh, mix of uh, you and Imus t- together. I oh, mean, boy. that combination oh, is, is really, really, it's like uh, putting, you know, the, the ingredients for TNT together. <laughs> There's going to be an explosion. And, man, we had a lot of them, a lot of explosions. And... Uh, you know the pressure that he put on you and that type of thing. Right. We talked about it a million times, yeah. and uh, yeah, you, know, you given too. Your by personality. the way, you, you too. And they, you know, I, but my personality was I just had to find a way to please the guy. You were a little more secure at that point in yourself. I wasn't, so I was going to do whatever the the guy asked me. By the way, Bo is back. Uh, Bo Deedle, you were about to say you were there from the beginning. You saw it when it was really yeah. ugly, and then and then we lost you. Yeah, you know, I mean, but I saw your whole life go by me from the beginning, Sid. I mean, the good, the bad, and the ugly, but you were resistant. Uh, Resilient is the word, and I'm going to tell you something. 
people don't really know how low you went down and just shows everyone who's dealing with any kind of a problem. You never, never give up. And I think that's Thank the you. kind of a book that this is going to be where yes. you just keep fighting. Keep Thank fighting. You. Yes. Thank you, Bo. I love no you. Doubt. Thank you so much. Thank you. And, uh, so, you know, so Bo something Dito. like that. I'm, I'm really proud of you for doing everything you did because anybody could be a winner, but somebody, everyone can't fall down at the lowest you can get and then fight their way back up, and that's what you did. Thank you, Bob. All right. Speaking of enough for kissing your butt. I love you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> let's, yeah. let's, let's, you know, I was on Newsmax the other day, so they asked me, well, Bo, what do you think the crime problem is across the country? It's from the pandemic, everyone's saying. I said, that's a load of bull crap. It's it's from one word and two student uh, one name, George Floyd syndrome. This is the George Floyd syndrome. When these gangs of criminals were able, these are not demonstrations across our country. These were all out riots, burning buildings down, assaulting cops, doing this spitting cops, and this was okayed. When I say it was okayed, because these people were not prosecuted. And we talk about Denver, Colorado, $12 million given to the rioters. These were not demonstrations. They were not protests. These were all-out riots. When this acceptability went across this country, that was the turn against the police because that was their, 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 their Bible of all cops are like that. Hey, we all agree what happened to George Floyd was a terrible tragedy and the cops going away, but you cannot judge every cop. Now these cops are going through what they're going through every single day. I just saw last night again another one where they just come up to them. They, they're like fist fighting, punching cops in the face. And I'm saying, wow, I had a friend of mine who was a female cop that was over at the house, and she's a Suffolk County cop, and she said, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. She only has five years on the force. She goes, I cannot be spat on anymore. I cannot be assaulted, and no one sticks up for you, and this is what we're going through right now, and the crime problem across this country, again, with the illegal guns that I speak about every week, we have it answer. Federally charge them. Unless we vote in the other people that are standing out there right now, we're going to have a systematic keep going down into the into the tubes because the qualified officers that are coming on aren't really that qualified. They got to choose anybody. Anybody now they're going to they lower the the results. They lower the requirements. Now you could be felons. Now you could be this. Now you could be that. They yeah. lowered the standards and now you're getting uh it looks like i'm a little guy i was five foot eight when i came when i had to sleep on the floor to pass the test now i would look like a freaking giant over here and physically they're they they can not fight with anybody so how the hell once they pull their gun what do they do next you got to be able to wrestle them down but then again you can't and this female officer was telling me every time i'm fighting with someone all in my mind is i'm thinking don't put your hand near the neck don't put your hand you got to worry about this bull crap, and you know what's going to happen? There's going to be more and more cops killed and injured, and that's what's going on out there across this country. It's untenable. It can't be sustained. I saw a bunch of cops in the Bronx yesterday trying to uh, subdue a guy, and a, a gang of uh, you know young punks around them started throwing bottles, assaulting these cops. Bot- I'm talking about the, there was like 10 cops, but there were about 30 uh, dudes out there, and it was brutal, brutal. And yet, just what you said, Bo, they, they're trying to, you know, when they're trying to subdue this guy, 
they got to wrestle them, and they can't touch them in a certain uh, sensitive places that you need to touch somebody, and if you want to subdue them, and they can't do it, it is untenable. It cannot stand. And, yeah, they lowered the standards. You're going to have a bunch of fat felon cops without without high school diplomas. In other words, not very bright. Uh, We're going to have that on the force. And God bless them. I mean, if they join the NYPD, great. I I respect all that. But we need big, tough guys with with brains uh, on our force. That's what we need, guys like you back in the day. But you know what you need? You need to also bring back the respect factor. There is no respect. What it is is... You're, you're spat upon and all that. And again, it comes down to this uh, November election. Uh, when when you have to, I, I talked about it last week, when, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, that's not what's in play now. What the, is in play now is safety and the feel of non-fear in your right. neighborhoods, in your city. Yep. And, you know, you got all these people running for the different officers. I got to do a shout out to a couple of them because, you know, I, I start to look at them. You know, when you talk about education, education is so important. You know, when you have these kids' first agenda and all that stuff, anti-CRT, you got uh, you got people who are fighting against it and against this jerk in, in New Jersey. Uh, uh, what's his name, Murphy? And the guy Tony Alfano, he's uh, running for the school board out there. He's fighting hell. He's fighting like hell to get in there, and he wants the parents to make the decisions. He's running for this Hardyston New Jersey Board of Education to be on the board. But guys like this is so important for us to vote for because it all starts with the educational factor in school. Yep. And if you're going to start teaching the CRT that you should hate white people because you didn't have the privilege, that's where it starts. And then you got on Long Island, you know, who's running for uh, Lee Zeldin's seat. I talked to him yesterday, Nick Lailota, and he's running Naval Academy graduate. He has his whole family in law enforcement. He's running for Lee Zeldin's seat. Pray to God that he comes in. He's got master's degree, MBA, but he's the kind of person that can fill the uh, seat for Lee Zeldin, when Lee becomes the governor. There you go. Yeah, yeah, tell I these guys, hey, Bo, you can tell these guys to come on the show if they're going to do it. They're Republicans, obviously, and, and uh, they're yeah. going to help. Uh, yeah. they, uh, we'll put them on, for sure. We'll definitely put them on. Yeah. We need your uh, opinion on, on a little battle here at the station because yeah. uh, no one knows New York City more than you. You are New York City, the embodiment of New York City, the heart and soul. Mm. So there's a little disagreement at the station about who was actually the person who kept the squeegee guys off the streets. Our esteemed mayor and colleague, Rudy Giuliani, he takes credit for it, 3 o'clock on weekdays. But a couple of days ago, Bernie played this audio. It was great. Greg Kelly said, oh, slow down a second here. Lee Corso, slow down. It was my father. During the Dinkins era, Ray Kelly that kept those guys off the street. Bo Deedle, your best recollection. Well, I'm gonna, I mean, you're just giving me, you know, you're giving me a real stumpy. This, <laughs> this is not beat Bo or beat Bernie. But I'm going to tell you something. I got I to gotta say, uh, Finzi Finzies. You know what Finzies mean? Because Ray Kelly was one of our great commissioners of police. He did what he had to do with the stop and frisk, with, with the squeegees. But also, you got to remember something. The the mayor is so important because they direct their directive. And probably Mayor Tickets, who I happen to really like as a person, I could have dinner with him anytime. He was no Big Bird de Blasio. Tickets was a gentleman, but he wasn't that effective as a mayor against crime and all that. But his police commissioner was able to do what he had to do, and that was part of it, getting rid of these squeegee guys. But on the other side of it, 
our great mayor, Rudy Giuliani, enforced the police, enforced the policies, and supported it 100%. So this is a flimsy question, a little here, a little there, because right. you really, I, I, I really can't put my finger right. on it exactly, because like I said, Ray Kelly was doing it, and he was allowed to do it, but you're only allowed to do We know what happened with Big Bird de Blasio for eight years. He put handcuffs on the cops. That was when we had those two officers assassinated yes. by that punk from yep. Baltimore yep. because the environment was there where he allowed these black live garbage cans demonstrating to stop traffic, stop mm. this, do that. And he put the environment there that cops were no good. He did. And you yeah. know what? Yeah. He was the worst destruction guy in the world. And you guys could talk all no, you he, want he, about. Well, he was until this guy. You, know, you got to be, I mean, Eric Adams is worse. I mean, God. Well, let me tell you something. You tell me what you want. I will, I will eat my words. I said, you yeah. know, I'm a man. Oh, if I, know. I far, if I feel as though he goes too far down, I will jump up ugly on him. But <laughs> I got to give, I got to give him a chance because he's the only card that we have right now, Great. and we got to support him. And that's it. I, I got to do this. Well, you right, want me well, to fist fight uh, the guy? I'll fist fight the guy if you want. I, what do you want me to do? I, I would, do I, do? Yes, I, I, actually, yes, I would love to see me and Bernie want to see you knock him out, knock some sense into the guy. Maybe that'll knock some sense into him because well, I will, he's I'll terrible. You, honestly, honestly, I will use a headlock and get him down <laughs> and, and then hit uh -huh. him in the face. But I'm not going to stand there because he might be a little quicker with the fist. Well, I ain't going to let him fight. I'm not going to let him punch him. I'll get him in my headlock. And once I get him in the bow headlock, I punch the living daylight out of the face, and then he won't be that pretty. So don't fight with Bo. No, we don't want to fight with Bo. He's got to be a little more proactive. But listen, Bo Deedle, uh, you are the best, oh, one man. More, one more thing. Go, 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 go. One more thing. A big shout-out. Hey, Al-Qaeda's Wahari. What a great kill that was. What a great kill. I actually uh, uh, did something to relieve myself after he was killed last night. I was so oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. Well, on that note, Bo, on that happy ending note, uh, we will... Uh, We'll conclude. Uh, that was uh, that was a great appearance, Bo Deedle, as usual. Yep. Uh, thanks so much. We love you uh, as, as for, for years, and we always will, here on the Bernie and Sid Show with Sid Rosenberg, myself. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go away. We're coming right back. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Only Man, I suck at singing. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, a lot more of the show to come right now. We got a lot more to the show. Hey, listen, uh, Greg Norman was interviewed last night on Fox News by Tucker Carlson. And here's the takeaway. Here's his, uh, his, his comeback. Oh, for all those people who are complaining about, wow, the Saudi government is horrible. We shouldn't be dealing with them. First of all, it started out with... Uh, you know, we, we object because he killed this guy Khashoggi, because uh, because the Saudis killed this guy, had him killed in the Turkish embassy. Uh, he had, his body was mutilated and never found, actually. So anyway, the Khashoggi, but, but the pushback, from my perspective, is Khashoggi was no saint. He was a friend of Osama bin Laden's. 
a 9-11 apologist, not an American citizen, and really not a, not our business. It's a dangerous neighborhood over there. It's very bad. There are, you know, it's not the United States. There are no governments uh, that are like the United States, with the exception of the state of Israel. Uh, so that was his. So his pushback was the PGA's biggest sponsor, the PGA, the mortal enemy of uh, the Live Tournament. The PGA is sponsored by Saudi Aramco, which is a big time Saudi Arabian oil company, and 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 a lot of the LPGA as well. They have a lot of Saudi companies supporting them, sponsoring them. So they have no right to talk about you know uh, the Live Tournament in general being a Saudi back. They, that, that, he's accusing them of hypocrisy. That was the takeaway. But he also did Greg Norman say this about, uh, well, uh, Greg Norman talked about Phil Nicholson and some of the, some, something he said. Cut 22. Go ahead. Quite honestly, back in February when we were ready to start up, there was a few obstacles thrown in our way from the PGA Tour. So we had to pull our reins back a little bit. That's when the book came out about Phil Mickelson. There was some, Phil Mickelson made some not-so-complimentary remarks about where the money came from and Saudi Arabia. And then the snowball and it created a bit of a dominoes or a scary effect. And the PGA Tour came in and they obviously did the right thing and trying to protect their monopoly came in and the, the players backed off a little bit so we had to regroup we're ready to sign the next week we're ready to sign multiple players and launch the league so we decided to take a step back analyze the situation we knew our model was where it was we knew our investor was still there he wasn't going anywhere the money was in the bank so we just made a, an adjustment and we worked around every obstacle that's been thrown in our path so he didn't get too specific but he was talking about phil nicholson who 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 is part of the live tournament he called the Saudis some scary MFers, is what he was referring to. Greg Norman, really anticlimactic last night, the interview with uh, Tucker. So, But the takeaway is that Saudis sponsor the PGA. That's the bottom line on the Bernie and Sitchell. A lot more to come. High drama. Nancy Pelosi, is she going to Taiwan? Are they going to shoot a plane down? Uh, we're coming right back, ladies and gentlemen. Can you make others change in me? I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Lindsey Graham tweet about the assassination, if you will, of al-Zawari in Kabul, Afghanistan, this al-Qaeda leader. Graham says, al-Zawari may be dead in Afghanistan, but al-Qaeda is not gone. Contrary to what President Biden is saying tonight, 
our ability to combat growing terrorist threats in Afghanistan are on the margins. There are all there are al-Qaeda training camps emerging like before 9-11. Mitch McConnell said the same thing. So if you Democrats out there, they want to congratulate the president on this drone strike. Yes, he did ultimately give the uh, the goal, which anybody would do, that requires zero courage. At the end of the day, the situation in Afghanistan is much worse today than it's been in years. So look past this uh, this killing last night, as good as that was, because the truth is Afghanistan is a mess. But I'm pulling a uh, Dan Marino audible here. We've talked a lot about monkeypox this morning. Bernie mentioned that Dr. Mark Siegel, our dear friend, was on with John Katsimatidis yesterday. And there is some growing concern among heterosexuals that they're in danger as well. So with that said, here he is, uh, one of our best friends these days. That's no exaggeration. Fox News and the great doctor, Dr. Mark Siegel. Siegs, welcome back. Sid, Bernie, how are you? Well, listen, guys, I I know that even though I'm going to tell you about monkeypox, you really have me on today. You're not going to fool me. It's because Jacob DeGrum is making his return tonight, and you want me to tell you whether his arm is up to it. And I say, look at his legs. Look to see where he's throwing from, because he throws 100 miles an hour, and I want to see if he uses his legs more. Uh, hello, Tom Seaver. That's what I have to say about the DeGrom. Hey, by the way, don't kid okay. yourself. I, we were going to ask you about Jacob DeGrom, so that did cross our minds. And, of course, Max Scherzer pitched last night. The Mets won again, won a collision course for a rematch of the 2000 Subway Series between the Mets and the Yankees. So DeGrom was going to come up. You already brought him up. We can move on now to the monkeypox. <laughs> Make it simple, Dr. Mark Siegel. Are heterosexual men like Bernard, who spent a lot of time in the steam rooms in gyms all across Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Are they in serious oh, yeah. risk here, or is this exclusively a big problem for the gay community? Well, you just you just put it together because the, the heterosexual population that spends time in steam rooms, you know, bisexuals or, and I'm not saying Bernie, but I mean. No, it, Bernie's it, right. It, That's right. it's when there's a lot of of high level sexual activity going on that i worry it's primarily in the gay and bisexual community but it will spread beyond that but there's a difference between this and hiv which is we have a vaccine a gynios vaccine of course our public health officials haven't gotten it out yet the hospitals in new york don't have it hello welcome to this we don't have enough tests the treatment we need is not approved by fda for monkeypox so we're behind the eight ball as usual. But this is containable because we have the tools. Primarily in the gay population will spread, but it won't become another HIV. Well, uh, yeah, be careful how you use the word spread. But let me ask you this, Dr. Siegel. <laughs> how is it transmitted? Is it, uh, it, it's not just gay sex. It's actually uh, it's more it's contact with uh, somebody who has monkeypox. In other words, you can rub up against them, or you can use some linen that they use, or you can sit down in the steam room where they have just been and catch it. Am I correct on all three counts? Those are possibilities. I think saliva, I think close contact, I think you, you can get it from exchange, or even kissing probably, but you know, or, or rubbing up against, yes. But it's not like COVID where you can get it by breathing the air that someone was in the room right before you or measles. Uh It's not nearly like that. So it's a lot harder to catch. But close contact, yes, definitely. You know, you you mentioned HIV. And and I remember the early days of AIDS, how scary it was. But early on, it was only gay guys. And there were so many limitations on how you can get it. 
And then Magic Johnson had a press conference, and, and the whole world changed. And then all of a sudden, it became almost easy, almost easy to get AIDS. My worry is, while right now it seems like monkeypox is hard to get, you know, Dr. Mark, these things change. And in prior cases, what was hard to get became easy to get. How do we stop that? I'm almost positive that that would happen here if it weren't for the idea that we have a vaccine. And this vaccine is highly effective. But what I'm worried about is the usual public posturing, the usual politicization. You know, instead instead of giving us the vaccine for high-risk groups, we're getting a monkeypox czar. What is that person going to do? Sign more paperwork <laughs> for vaccines that don't arrive yeah. on time? <laughs> So, so who's to blame? It's Rochelle Walensky. It's Dr. Fauci. It's these people, the usual suspects that are, you know, at, at the head of our agencies and are dropping the ball, essentially. Well, I think in this case, Walensky is actually trying to do something. She's been trying to get together the testing. They, they increased it to six companies. But, but you know, it, it's coming from higher up than her, even. It's within HHS itself. It, 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 it's one of those things where there's too many heads butting heads. And there's not enough direction. So that's what I mean about the czars coming in. I, I think she's trying. But again, you know, I was told by top hospital epidemiologists here in New York weeks ago, they said, there's 300 cases. He said, no, there's more like 5,000. And, and they knew about it and they didn't do anything about it. So they waited till it spread. And now and now they're coming out with all of their statements and czars and everything. So it's spread. We should have learned that from COVID, by the way, yeah. Bernie. We should have yep. learned that because we, we we didn't have the testing. And once again, like with COVID, they held back on testing. They wanted to make sure that the test was accurate. So you couldn't do it in your local hospital. Had to go all the way to Atlanta. It almost seems it like the society we live in today wants to be sick, needs to be sick. I don't know. That's that's the feeling I get. It's a depressing feeling. I gotta wear a mask. The next COVID, uh, the next one is going to be worse than uh, than the last one. Now we got monkeypox. I mean, just it seems like these networks and these media people and these New Yorkers, especially, they thrive on this stuff. Maybe it's my perception, but it's a bit scary for me. Well, politicians are thriving on it too until they read the memo that says that they're losing public support as a result of it. This idea of one virus after another, one outbreak after another, using the same playbook, it's actually, you know, and they're not even differentiating. I, I think if you saw it in a novel or in a movie, you wouldn't believe it. You'd be like, wait, wait a minute, we're, we're done with COVID. What's this monkeypox? Are you kidding? This must be a joke. I mean, it's, it's, it's exactly the same playbook, the same media playbook, but, but the media, as you guys know, is only based on ratings. So if if, if if the if the media decides that monkeypox doesn't raid, it's going to disappear. Right, right. Yep, exactly. So uh, Dr. Siegel on the Bernie, Dr. Mark Siegel on the Bernie and Sid Show. Doc, uh, so Joe Biden comes out and uh, he announces, I don't have COVID anymore. And uh, he, he proceeds to, to, to compare his COVID to Donald's Trump, Donald Trump. At least I didn't have to go into the hospital like the former guy, you know, three days in the hospital. I'm here, I'm back. And then it turns out he has something called rebound covid he gets it again he's taken pax lovid so what is the story with that i mean dr fauci is similar story rebound covid with pax lovid i mean uh, is this drug does this drug work or not raise your hands if you think that that joe biden was witching donald trump well when he was in the <laughs> hospital <with COVID. laughs> come on right, right. right. 
I, I think Paxlovid works. I think Paxlovid is a great drug. But once again, what they did was screw it up by not recognizing that there's new variants out there where you have more virus in your system, a lot more of it, and the drug doesn't work as well. So you need more of it. You need to give it longer, and the FDA hasn't pivoted quickly enough. So we're getting a ton of rebound. I'm seeing 20 to 30% or more cases with this, and I have to give a second course of it. It's not the drug that's causing the problem. It's the virus itself. The drug knocks it down, decreases it, but doesn't quite finish it. It's like it's like you're, you know, you're in with Muhammad Ali there, and you get to the tenth round, and he's still standing. That's mm. the problem. Yeah. And so we need more of the drug. And and they've done such a poor job in how they've handled this. They touted him. I think he was afraid that if he didn't come back out after five days, someone would take his place. Someone named Kamala would take his place. I'm working. I'm working. I'm working. I'm not taking any time off. Well, we want you to take time off. What do you mean? You got brain fog. What? Why aren't you taking time off? That's funny. Dr. Mark Siegel of Fox News here on Bernie and Sid. So Bernie played uh, some audio earlier, which was great and terrifying at the same time. Tucker Carlson last night. And talking about this uh, Nancy Pelosi trip to Taiwan and how we have to be careful not to piss off the Chinese government because uh, they can clobber us, quite frankly, militarily uh, now at this point. But then Tucker went on to explain all the things that we need China for. And Dr. Mark Siegel, it's for just about everything, but specifically medicine, 85% of our antibiotics, 70% of other medications. How is it that with doctors like you and the medical people we've got in this country that we rely so heavily on the Chinese to keep Americans alive? Very, very, very disturbing. And the part you didn't add, that was very well said, Sid. But Thank you. in addition, we, we actually rely on them for ingredients. So it's not just antibiotics that come from there. It's literally the ingredients of almost every drug we have. And you know what's going to happen next? They're going to shut the entire society down from the BA5 subvariant, I predict. They're going to see 10 cases and panic. And then China shuts down again, and then we end up with high gas prices. We end up with the world shutting down. We can't get intravenous supplies or, or dyes for CAT scans or antibiotics. This is, this is a mess. And, and Tucker's totally right on this. But from a medical point of view, we're unbelievably reliant on China and India, especially. Big, big, big problem. Yeah, and that, of course, is uh, if we don't get into World War Three with them, over this Nancy Pelosi uh, nonsense, go to Taiwan. That's a real possibility. She's supposed to land there today. Go ahead, Doc. You know, I, no, I was going to say, and, and you guys are right about this, too, which is we've let them get so powerful. We're, like, dwarfed by them. And that, that also occurred because of the pandemic. I mean, we didn't even investigate them. And we have the World Health Organization that's basically an attache of, the, of, of China. So, you know, Trump was right to call the WHO out on this and, and – and yet it's continued. There's enormous power block there, and we're, we're, we're dwarf, be starting to be dwarfed by it. And then there's 5G, by the way, and they're busy. I don't want to sound paranoid here, but they're busy spying on us as well. Yep, 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 yep. It's, 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 it really is a scary prospect, a disaster. And to provoke them at this point, just my personal opinion, by, by sending this to mentally impaired, as just as bad as Joe Biden, this Nancy well, to send her to Taiwan, why do we need this aggravation provoking a, a giant like that? I mean, we have I enough problems agree. right now. 
Bernie, I completely agree. The only thing I wonder is where she going to get her hair done over there? Because I think I, I don't know where there's a hairdresser. That's true. She was uh, she was exposed early in the COVID when she went to that salon in San Francisco without a mask on. Hey, uh, Dr. Mark, you're always great, even here on an audible. You jumped in the game, threw a game-winning touchdown pass. Me and Bernie love you. Thank you so much, and uh, good luck with our Mets tonight and Jacob Degrom. Hopefully, when you come back next week, he's still pitching. <laughs> I am really hoping and praying for that. And then, then we got to get to a game before the end of the year, guys. Absolutely. Thank, the, you. thank you. The great Dr. Mark Siegel. Uh, don't forget Lydia Serrani. She's always terrific. Lydia Reports is coming up next. And then a dear friend of both me and Bernie, the best defense attorney in the country. He's right there with Arthur Idol and Danielle Rosenberg. The great Joseph Takapina. He'll be here this hour as well. So don't change that dial. The very exciting Tuesday 8 a.m. hour with Bernie and Sid continues right after these short messages. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. It's official. The inmates are now running the asylum emboldened by feckless Democrats and their ridiculous policies with zero consequences. Chaos continues to run rampant in New York City as respect for law and order basically is uh, non-existent. Two latest incidents in the Bronx over the weekend. I got the video early this morning. It's now making the rounds. It's going viral everywhere. One of them happens on 168th Street and Sheridan Avenue. That's in the Bronx. As cops tried to make an arrest, the suspect, handcuffed, of course, tries to get away. So a crowd gathers, taunting the cops. They even try to stop the cops from arresting the guy They are hurling all these obscenities, and then at one point, they even start throwing glass bottles. Take a listen to some of the mayhem. Yeah. So if they're doing that to cops, what do you think is happening we, to regular I actually, people? I actually, I, I actually saw that. We talked about that a little bit with Bo this morning. It was very scary. It was like eight cops, eight to ten cops, and about 30 thugs. Am I correct, Lydia? Uh, they were yeah. uh, trying to subdue one perp, and these guys descended on them, and it was really, really hairy there for a long time. I, 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 I'm surprised they got out without any serious wounds because uh, – yeah, you you talk about disrespect for the police and the bottles being thrown at them. It was it was horrible. It was a hard. This is go to our social media pages and watch it, folks. I mean, being a police officer these days, wow, it is scary. And then there was another incident, and I'm not exactly sure where this one happened. I'm still trying to find out where, again, the cops are trying to arrest a guy, and he's like, he's acting like a maniac. He's putting his legs out. He won't get into the patrol car. So now it's just two cops. So you saw in that other video, there was a bunch of cops at least, and they were kind of surrounded together. In this incident, you just see two cops, and they're trying to put this guy under arrest. One of the guys, as the cop is trying to put the guy in the patrol car, another guy comes up from behind him and tries tries to grab his gun. Yeah, from behind. He tries to grab his gun. The cop then uh. turns around and he tackles the guy. They're literally wrestling on the ground. Him and another guy are wrestling on the ground. Thank God the cop's okay. The other guy didn't get his gun. But I mean, this is also this was very scary. So take a listen to this incident. 
Now they're fighting. The cop and him are now wrestling Jeez. on the ground. Come on. This is the cop and the guy wrestling on the ground after he tried to grab his gun. You can see that video. That one hasn't made the rounds yet, but that's on my social, my Twitter at Lydia News, L-I-D-I-A-N-E-W-S. Also, the news department has it, so it'll be shortly up on our on our all of our social media pages. But, I mean, this is out of control. I mean, last year, more than 90% of the 60,000 felony arrests, so 90% of the 60,000 felony arrests right here in New York City resulted in no jail or prison time or Jeez. even probation. A mere 3% of arrests ended in prison sentences. So although the NYPD stats show that arrests are up nearly 30%, 40% in some areas, I mean, what's the point of it? What's the point well, of it when only... That's 3% right. are, are that's serving right. any time. That's the point I've been making for months, and Bernard, for that matter, both of us, is that you can add more police. you got a guy like Hakeem Jeffries, another Democrat liar, who says, hey, I never said I wanted to defund the police. You're a liar. Of course you didn't. So does your party. But it doesn't matter what the police do if your DAs and your AGs and your judges and your governors have uh, bail laws like we've got here in New York. It doesn't matter what the cops do because the same people they put their lives on the line to arrest are back on the streets and fifth. 15 minutes so it goes way above what the cops are doing if you want if you want real civility if you want civilization to be normal again it goes way above the police force unfortunately a hundred percent yeah did you hear that guy that did you hear that one dude he goes whoa bro you just pushed him bro yeah he, he's a cop he pushed him because he was approaching the cop stand back uh, you low life stand listen we have to a raise the pay for the police officers because that they're not going to be able to recruit any cops these days. I mean, recruitment is way down. Got to raise the pay, give them more vacation, give them back qualified immunity, all this stuff. We got to do a, a drastic things and allow them to use force. I know the city council is not going to allow it, but that's the only way that we're going to solve the problem. Put the fear of God into the criminals again, that the cops are going to beat the crap out of you and allow it because drastic times call for drastic measures. We are in drastic times right now. The police are the only thing separating us from civilization and anarchy. And once the cops go away, and you're starting to see in some of these videos, a lot of these cops, they're out of shape. They're small. We're not getting the type, the quality of, of, of cops that we used to have. People like my, uh, my good friend, Brian Costello, former NYPD detective, big, burly, strong guy. Into it. He's, he's in his late 60s now, and he will kick uh, anybody's ass in their, in their mid-40s right now. That's the kind of guy we need. And not only kick their ass, but do it with glee. Those are the types of men we need on the force right now to, to, to again, to restore respect for the police officers and, again, instill fear into them that they will lose their teeth if they dare approach them. Yo, man, you just pushed them, bro. That's right. And I'm about to knock your freaking teeth out as well. That's what well, we need. Go back to those days. I agree 100%, Bernie. But if you look at this video, the cops in these videos, they're not like the one that we had the other day, like last week, where they're kind of by the train station and the guy just kind of wiggled away and one of the cops was overweight. These guys are young. They seem like they're in, in good shape. But there's such a huge crowd gathered around them that you could see the fear in the cops' eyes that they're like, oh, my God, I'm yeah. going to get jumped. I'm going to die. And look, one of the guys in that second clip I played for you, he tried to take the gun 
run off the cop as his back was turned to them as they're trying to put the guy in the patrol car. So, I mean, this is like, wow. I would be, I, I, you couldn't pay me enough. You couldn't pay me enough to be a cop now because they're hold, so hold, emboldened. Hold, hold on a second. You couldn't pay me enough to be a cop now. If somebody from the police force called you as soon as you hung up with me and Bernie and offered you $2 million to be a cop today, you would be a cop today. Now you're being facetious, but I'm saying, <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I'm saying it's what's like, the point I of a lot of money if you're going to be dead? No, I know. You're right. You're right. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I'm just, I mean, but, like, but anybody wants to more, like that? A little bit of hyperbole. <laughs> right. Who wants right. to live like that, though? Imagine no, no, going to nobody, work every day nobody, and, and no. people are spitting at you, cursing at you. Yeah. And you, I mean, wait, look at the video. You see the fear in the guy's eyes. Like, yeah. you see it. And all he can do, you, I was like looking at it. I'm like, come on, you know, whip out your, uh, but they don't have billy clubs anymore. But you wish they could pull it out the baton and start whacking them and spray them in the face. And you, obviously, he can't Absolutely. shoot them. But, you know, he's just like they're paralyzed, like with fear and also because of the policies that qualified immunity. God forbid one of these gangbangers gets hurt or something. They could turn around and sue the cop or God forbid one of them gets killed or something. And then who gets who BLM is then rioting in the streets. And by the way, we're a minority, wait, minority, majority police force. So meaning most of the cops on the streets, they're minorities. So every single one of these cops that I saw was was Hispanic. Some were black. I didn't see not even one single white cop. And all the perps were also people of color. Exactly. And look, if we don't address that problem and, and, and ask the question as to why that is, look, this city is never going to come back. Never. If, if these things, if videos continue to proliferate online, people are not going to, they're not coming back to work in the, in the buildings. They're not going to want to come here for tourism, any of that stuff. Nobody's going to want to move here. People are going to continue to move out. There's a, a, a plethora of videos out there from the past week of random incidents. A guy rolling up on an old lady in Times Square and just slashing her with a box cutter. Another guy on Fifth Avenue, cold cocky. Another, again, old lady on Fifth Avenue, just vicious, brutal. And another dude in Brooklyn rolling up on a woman and trying to rape her right there in the street on the side, you know, between a car and the gutter in broad daylight. And again, this perps, none of them white, white supremacists. Why is that? I don't know. But the city's never going to come back again, get, uh, unless we get this problem under control. Never. Never. This is the crux of the, uh, the problem of New York City's not recovering from uh, COVID and, and everybody leaving is the, this crime problem in all these videos. And, again, drastic times call for drastic measures. Uh, Eric Adams, the state legislature, we need some passion. We need some, uh, we need some over-the-top rhetoric to get these guys to do the right thing. We, I mean, I, when, <laughs> what's going to happen? It's going to be like a Mad Max in this city? I, I just don't know where it ends and how we get people to wake up and these, uh, these, woke, uh, these woke tards up in the state legislature to, to realize this, by the way, Todd Kaminsky, you know, he's resigning from politics, the father of the no-cash bail law. He's, uh, his term as state senator ends at the end of the year, and he's resigning from politics. He's gone. Private sector, because, well, that's, that's a good start. People like him who wrote the no-cash bail law yeah. getting out of politics, but that's still not enough. No. 
We're a long ways off from what, what needs to be done. Well, two well, things. I First of all, I'd... I'm sorry, Ann Donnelly beating him. That was the end of his career. And secondly, Lydia, uh, it doesn't matter. Eric Adams is out there every day beating his chest, telling everybody how well he's doing. Now, I know when he's by himself and he's being honest, he knows he's doing a terrible job. And the city's getting worse than even under de Blasio. But he's out there telling everybody what a great job he's doing. So maybe he doesn't see the same things that we see every day, which is a city as Bruce Springsteen would say, in ruins. And imagine how many incidents aren't on video and don't go viral. And I'm, I, I mean, who's running Zeldin's campaign? I like Zeldin. I obviously I yeah. voted for him, but who's running his campaign? I looked at his Twitter this morning. I said, okay, if I got this video from a cop in the middle of the night, and everybody else got it, the New York Post, and surely he got it. What does he tweet about gas? Yes, gas is a huge important problem, but. Come on, dude. Like, where are you? A new Siena College poll just came out that Hochul is dominating him in New York City, leading him by 50 points. And right now, overall, he she leads Zeldin with a 14-point lead. Like you guys said, he needs to really step it up and get on top of the issues. This is his moment. This is his time to strike. And anybody that votes for Hochul in November has lost their mind because this is what you're voting for. Chaos running supreme in the streets. We'll talk about this. A lot more. Also, Professor Dershowitz, he'll be on John Katzmatidis, Cats at Night, 5 o'clock tonight. You don't want to miss it. Cats at Night, 5 o'clock. We stand for truth, justice, and the American way. Do it live! Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Like a vision, she dances across the porch as the radio plays. Roy Orbison singing for the lonely. Hey, that's me, and I want you only. Don't turn me home again. I just can't face myself alone again. One of the greatest rock and roll albums ever, Born to Run, the great Bruce Springsteen. Talking about greatness, one hand, the best defense attorneys in the country. I always throw Danielle in there because I'm sleeping with her and I love her. And uh, Audie's a pretty good attorney too, but Joe Tacopina is the best defense attorney in the country. And has been for quite some time. He's my friend for 42 years, Bernie's friend for a long time as well. A great guest on the Bernie and Sid show. He was a great guest back on the Imus show. And here he is this morning once again with his wisdom, the very smart and very handsome Mr. Italia. They love him there. Joseph Tacopino. Good morning, JoJo. Sup, stud? Good morning, boys. Good morning. Welcome back to uh, America after your uh, long stay <laughs> in Italy. So, uh, Joseph, the uh, NFL season, the exhibition season begins in just two days. The annual Hall of Fame game, Canton, Ohio, and your team, the Raiders, will take on the Jaguars. I know you're excited, but there's an ugly story looming from the National Football League, and that involves Cleveland Brown quarterback Deshaun Watson. $230 million guaranteed, $45 million signing bonus already paid. This all despite the fact when he signed the contract, the Browns already knew there were 66 women 
accusing this quarterback of inappropriate behavior during massages. As it turns out, the NFL decided yesterday, I should say the arbiter, Sue Robinson, that a six-game suspension is enough for Deshaun Watson. I find it disgraceful. So does Bernard as an attorney. I know it's not a legal thing at this point. It's an NFL suspension issue. What are your thoughts on a six-game suspension? It sends the completely wrong message. And what's worse, this arbitrator was a federal judge. So this is not someone who was, like, you know, hearing traffic court tickets. This was someone (laughs) who understands the law and, and how to apply facts to the law. What she said in her decision, I read this thing, and I was shocked by it. She said that Watson engaged in sexual assault, okay, that he put others in danger, that he was predatory. When you use language like that in your fact findings and then as a judge come up with a six-game suspension, it's, 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 it's so offensive on his face. Look, I wasn't there. said you weren't there. He was never charged with a crime. You know, two grand jurors declined to indict. But we don't know what happened. But don't forget, this is not a court of law. This is the league. When I represented A-Rod in, in you know, that scandal with the steroids back when, you know, it was a kangaroo court. It wasn't a real court where you had, you know, evidence that was weighed and credibility that was balanced. It was most likely preordained. You have an arbitrator picked by the league. So for the most part, you know, the, the league is, is running the show. When you see a judge write things like, um, you know, his pattern of conduct was more egregious than any other reviewed by the NFL before, but then says, but we have to follow a pattern of, of punishment, and, and therefore six games is appropriate. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's so, it, it creates this feeling that the NFL is just covering up for one of its own, and that's what gets people crazy. Absolutely, and Roger Goodell, he is a complete and total disgrace. He's going to have the yeah. final say, but uh, he's a coward uh, in any case, Roger. But let me ask you this question. Uh, the uh, Al Gore, by the way, had the same issue with uh, masseuse, with, with these massage ladies. Uh, so, so, Joe, as, as a consumer of these types of things, how do you know when it's okay to go for, to go for it all the way, the happy ending? And, and, and whether – is there like a high sign Wrong or guy. a code word? You, is there a code word you say Wrong or something like guy. that? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I'm, just, First of I'm all, just kidding. Wrong I'm kidding. guy, buddy. You know, yeah, you don't, you know, yeah, don't I'm take totally your underwear kidding. off when you get a massage. No, he's a, he's a, <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's no, but, you know, and, he, but, and, but, and, you know, come on, really, when you go to these places, Listen. there are certain places, look, you know, Bob Kraft was involved in that situation, right? That's right. Other places, you know, like if they advertise in the newspapers, if they have signs on the front door, but on the other hand, if, if the windows are blacked <laughs> out and it says open in neon lights. I mean, you know, you know what you walk into. It's, you know, so it's common on. sense. You know, common it's funny. Sense. You actually so, represented both Alex Rodriguez and Bob Kraft. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I do have That's a level right. of expertise right. in this stuff. But, but listen, so, so, here's the deal. Maybe it was a serious question. When you look at the NFL suspensions that they've handed out over the years, I mean, it's a joke. Ben Roethlisberger, one allegation unproven against one woman, six-game suspension. My, my poor guy from the Raiders, you know, the great and fierce linebacker, um, Bofect, whatever his name was, the, 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 the guy who used to hit people. The Bengals. And look yes. at the cap him. Yeah, Bengals, then he went to the Raiders. Of course, when he was on the Raiders, he got suspended right. for a hit that wasn't even penalized. He got a year suspension. Okay, this guy, yeah. on the other hand, 24 women, 27, 60 women, whatever. So it's basically like a quarter suspension for each woman. And, and it's, it's really, really bad. 
when the NFL sends out a message like that. It just is because the decision that you, when you read the decision, it looks like he should be getting six years in jail, (laughs) not a six-game suspension. When you read the decision, predatory, (laughs) sexual assault. I mean, the things she wrote in there, this judge, and then says six games. And then you hear the Browns come out and say he was really, he's really remorseful, the owner of the Browns, he's really remorseful. To the contrary, he says he doesn't regret anything. He's not sorry because he didn't do anything wrong. And the arbitrator said, one of the mitigating circumstances against Watson is, is that he lacked expressed remorse. So, I mean, I, you know, people are just talking without knowing what they're talking about. He's a complete and total mutt. A serious question, uh, Joe Tacopina. The January 6th commission, uh, the committee talking about jokes, uh, they had this Cassidy Hutchinson. She oh. made some wild allegations. Uh, she was there. Uh, she, was, she worked for Trump. Anyway, your thoughts on her, and is she a credible witness? I, I said it the day she testified. We talked about it, Bernie, um, the three of us. I think you were there as well as Sid. To me, she lacked lacked credibility and, and had no cross-examination. Remember, you know, it's easy to testify when all the, the people you're testifying to are friendlies. You know, you're telling them the story they want to hear. Um, it's really easy because you, you're speaking to a, a friendly audience. I would have I given a million bucks to cross-examine her that day, a million bucks, because some of the things she said, she had no first-hand knowledge of. She was talking about what other people told her, but here's what right. just came out, and to me, this really, you know, she put herself in as a star witness. She became nationally prominent. She's looking for a TV gig now. She's going to get, you know, write a book for sure, you know, and, and, and here's what this is. This was all about her trying to become famous, her 15 minutes of fame, but here's what's going to really, I think, take her down. After Trump left office, of course, after the January 6th event that she was calling unpatriotic and un-American and, 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 and she was disgusted by, she continued to work for Donald Trump, <laughs> continued to work for the guy mm-hmm. she was so disgusted by. So, you know, when you hear stuff like that, hey, hey, you Joe, just laugh. Listen, not, you, but they didn't look, ask for that. They didn't ask for that Joe, the January 6th hearing. Just, just one further thing. She actually tweeted she tweeted that uh, she would rather die than watch watch Marine One fly around Washington D.C. without forty five in it. She actually tweeted that after yeah. January six. So, yeah, credible? Yeah. <laughs> I think not. And they won't test. They right. won't subpoena the two Secret Service agents who she claims were, were involved in that incident where well, he was denied. supposedly denied, trying to grab the, the wheel. Right. Who have denied? Right. Bernie, by the way, they've denied. Exactly. It. This exactly. is not this hearing. Listen, I've been, I was before this committee. I was before this committee. Um, and it's it's not a real a real investigatory committee that's looking for unbiased truth. It's a committee with an agenda, as we all know. I mean, you have the committee head Bernie Thompson going out there making proclamations before witnesses testified. You have Cheney on television talking about crimes that were committed. You're you're the, you're the judge. You're supposed to wait until all the evidence is in before you make those conclusions. This is all a political show. That's all it was. Defense attorney uh, Joe Tacopini here with uh, Bernie and Sid. Joe, you're a very pro-cop guy like me and Bernie. We may differ in some of the ways cops uh, are able to do their job. I mean, I would hit these guys with a bat, couldn't care less. But you're a very pro-cop guy. So you sent me this video a couple days ago uh, from the Bronx Dominican Day Parade where the officers were getting pelted by water bottles and uh, all these animals taking their liberties to really humiliate and beat up the cops. And the exact text you sent to me, I thought this was great this video this is what we've become how sad is that yep. it is sad it's sad. It's sad. i think we lost the guy who attacked the, the, the cop on the subway the video of that my god if that were you and i so when we were kids we would have been on our knees begging for forgiveness and please don't hit me over the head with your baton i mean this guy was choking a cop 
putting him in a, a, a stranglehold, right? attacking the cop, fighting for his life. The guy was never charged by the Bronx DA. I mean, that is encouraging people to do what you saw in that Dominican Day Parade. What I saw in that video was disgusting. I mean, you have cops out there who are just standing there getting bottles, which are deadly weapons glass bottles, thrown at them from across the street. You have guys coming up to cops with eight other cops around them putting their fists up looking to fight a police officer. Are you kidding me? That used to be called suicide by cop. That's what it used to be called. <laughs> now, uh, yeah. cop, God forbid, cop, God forbid a cop could, could take unholster their gun, they'll be under investigation for 50 years and, and, and do jail. You have to be nuts to be a police officer today. And unfortunately, that's why we're losing the and the ability to recruit very qualified individuals as police officers because you, you get, you're get you damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. You got to sit there and take it like those cops had to sit there and take it when guys throw punches at them, throw bottles at them, mm. and, you know, and, and they can't do anything because if they do something, then there's an investigation, and maybe they use too much force. God forbid anyone shoots anybody. I mean, you know, you, you, you know the story. So you, you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't for a cop. Yep, and I always yep. say this to and people. When you talk about cops, oh, cops, 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 cops. Listen, not every cop's a good person. But show me any career, any industry where everyone in is a good person. But here's what I say to put it in perspective. When the three of us go to work every day, we hope we have a good day at work. We, you know, a merchant goes to work every day. They hope they make money that day. When a cop goes to work every day, they hope they come home. So that's a big difference. And when yeah. you put that sort of perspective into the analysis of what those guys are going through, you've got to laud them. Anyone who has some bad things to say about police in general or defund the police, really, go to hell is what I say. Oh, go to hell. Very, very well said, uh, Joe Takapina. Very, I'm very disappointed with my Dominicanos, otherwise patriotic people. Listen, Joe, I understand you did something drastic. Uh, it involves LeBron James and uh, basketball. Tell us about this. No, no, not LeBron. I mean, I'm not a fan of LeBron James. But he's part of the reason why you did what you're about to tell the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm done with the NBA. I mean, I've, looked, I, I've said this to you guys. I, I, I walked away from my season tickets for the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets. I'm a Brooklyn wow. boy. If they had a Brooklyn ping-pong team, I would buy season tickets for the Brooklyn ping-pong team. <laughs> I love Brooklyn everything. Sid, you know that. We yes. grew up there. It made us who we are. Yep. You know, I would kill for Brooklyn. The Brooklyn Dodgers, if they were still here, they'd beat my team by far. But I can't take the NBA anymore. I can't take I can't take every time a player is disgruntled. I mean, they want to leave. They want to trade. Kyrie Irving sat out half the season last year because he needed some time to recover from the social inequities in life from, you know, the George Floyd. And, I mean, he was getting paid every day by the Nets when he took time off. Kevin Durant, who the Nets moved mountains to get, gave away half their team, redid their salary cap, gave him $40 million a year, including the first year, where he didn't play a minute because he was rehabilitating his Achilles heel, Fenton rather, he winds up winning one playoff series in three years for them was horrific against the Celtics this year. Now he wants a trade. Now he wants a trade. James Schwartz was here for an hour. He wants a trade. These guys, LeBron James was on his fifth team. He wants a trade. He wants to play with his friends. These guys are such prima donnas. There was absolutely no loyalty. And I compare it to hockey. Look at the NHL. The greatest players in the league, Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin, Austin Matthews, go back, Mario Lemieux, whoever you want to talk about, they never did this stuff. They've been on the same team for 15 years. They stay put. There's loyalty. It's a different level. The NBA now has been overrun with prima donnas who think they're much more important than they are athletes. They think they're, they're social influencers. They think they're justice, uh, criminal justice experts. You know, that's what you, you mentioned LeBron. We talked about that, that time where he tweeted about a cop, you know, who saved a girl's life. 
by shooting another girl who's about to stab her to death, and LeBron posted something about her. You know, I mean, that, that's what we yeah. talk about. I mean, to me, the oh, NBA he, he, has he lost doxed the cop. Yeah, no, he did. He doxed yeah, the cop. He doxed the cop. He could have put the cop in, uh, in danger. He did come back and have to he, apologize. He put out his address. Yeah, no, that's right. Put yeah. out his address and everything. Yep. yep. Oh, all that stuff. Listen, you know, seriously. Uh, we're, we're, anyway, I'm we're out of time, Joe. Time, but I get crazy with this stuff with the NBA. I really, I'm done with it. I'm done watching that sport and those athletes because to me, they're anything but athletes. They're a bunch of prima donnas. And honestly, as talented as they may be, you know, when, when guys like Kevin Durant demands a trade after two years of doing absolutely nothing for the Brooklyn Nets, <laughs> except costing us 120 million and losing half our team, yeah. and then he wants to trade. He wants to go play with his friends so he can win another. Why don't you drive the bus to a Stanley uh, to an NBA Finals? <laughs> don't, don't get on the bus. Drive uh, the damn bus. That is a major Durant. statement when Joe Tacopina gives up his Brooklyn Nets statement. That says a lot about how he feels. That's uh, that's quite a segment. The Sean Watson, Kevin Durant, January 6th, and the cops in New York City. That's why you're the best, Joe Tacopina. Excellent job this morning. Thank you so much. We love you. Thanks. Okay, boys. I'm all wrapped up now. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, one of your clients is about to get the best of Joe Tacopina. That's good news. Uh, That's a great job, Joe. That's uh, three hours in the books. We're still going to play Beat Bernie next hour. Lots more news to come your way. The Tuesday edition of Bernie and Sid rolls on on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Tenement slum. Motown. Diana Ross from the Supremes. You think that I don't feel love, but what I feel for you is real love. In others' eyes I see reflected, I hurt, scorn, rejected love. Child. Love, child. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Ladies and gentlemen, download that app. It's easy. It's 90 seconds. It's free, and you won't regret it. Also, uh, listen, simulcast on in Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. And, uh, you know, we were talking earlier, these lunatics in the city just trying to make life rougher and rougher. I mean, these government officials that we have from D.C. to uh, Albany to New York City, now they want to, on the West Side Highway, which a lot of people, a lot of us use, I mean, the West Side Highway, they want to take a lane away from the West Side Highway and give it a bike lane. Take a lane away. And we know, already know how disgustingly congested it is. They want to do that uh, and to make it a bike lane both ways from 57th Street to Chambers Street. I mean, it's just abject lunacy. Uh, the, you got this borough president, Mark Levine, who's trying to champion this. You know, these, these are essentially these are green, uh, insane uh, lunatics, climate, greeniacs, whatever the hell you want to call them. They want less, less cars on the street. I mean, what, 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 what do we want to turn into 19th century Tokyo, rickshaws and bicycles, and that's it? I mean, look, it's the 21st century. Bike lanes? Stop it. Stop the madness. It's already bad out there with these bike lanes on the streets, hitting pedestrians and taking up lane space. It's awful. It's, it's just terrible. And, and they, it, last night they began the 24-7 speed cameras. It used to be just six to uh, ten, six a.m. to ten p.m. during the week. Now it's twenty-four-seven, 
and uh, our our uh, esteemed mayor, our fearless leader, Eric Adams, cut 19. Eric Adams on just that. Listen to this guy. Uh, this is a major victory for New Yorkers. Tra- traffic safety is public safety. They go together hand in hand. A city that never sleeps deserves a camera system that won't take a nap. <laughs> oh, that's, that's brilliant, bro. That's very brilliant. The city, the, look, uh, it's all revenue. We're going to get screwed. A tip to the wise out there for the Bernie and said listeners, you can go in, in a 25-mile-per-hour zone is what they're talking about on the streets. You can go up to 35 miles per hour just between us. You go 36, then you get the $50 ticket. You know, I had a, Just uh, keep that between us. Right. I had a car service guy the other morning who drove me in and um – you know, he can't afford to fill his car up with gas. That's first of all, Eric, you moron. And uh, secondly, he's already gotten three tickets this month, and they're all like 100 bucks. And um, I don't know what world Eric lives in. I know he's a very wealthy guy, gets his stuff for free, lives a very nice lifestyle. But these car service guys and gals who are scraping the bottom just to, to, to eat at the end of the day, when you combine gas prices with two or three tickets a month because of these, oh, these, yeah. uh, these cameras, funny yeah. they can't eat. They can't eat. No, I know. So, Eric Adams, what about the everyday New Yorkers? Not Sid Rosenberg, not Corey Zelnick, not John Katsimatidis or you. What about the overwhelming majority of New Yorkers that right now are getting screwed left and right? What about those poor bastards who got to pay for these stupid tickets? It's not even by a damn school zone. Exactly. You know, that's right. They put them all over the place. And as a former cab driver... Whenever I see a, a, a taxi, a yellow cab or whatever pulled over, yes, by NYPD, uh, it kind of breaks my heart. I feel sorry for the driver. He's just busting his ass, trying to make a, a few bucks. You know, he's, you know, he's, he's probably got 13 kids at home. He's from, uh, I don't know, Sri Lanka or whatever the hell. And he's getting pulled over. And meanwhile, you got all kinds of animals. It, it just seems like a waste of time. Right. Go after somebody else, not some hardworking uh, cab driver or whatever. There are plenty of guys out there, uh, you know, reckless driving. Go after them. Also, this monkeypox disaster, it's not really, uh, you know, it's uh, they're trying to put fear in the, the hearts of everybody. It really is essentially a gay problem, as Dr. Siegel told us. And we hope it gets resolved. We don't, want, we don't wish any, uh, 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 any bad on the gays whatsoever. Here's Eric Adams. He dropped the ball with this monkeypox monkey vaccine along with the federal government. Cut 18, Eric Adams on all that. We are pivoting and shifting based on the crises that are coming to our city and country. And others look at what we're doing and they commend what we're doing. So, no, we're not dropping the ball. No, we, we have the ball and we want the ball and we have it in our hands. He thinks he's Clyde Frey. We are pivoting and shifting on the left side. I mean, give me a <laughs> shut up with that. So you, you're not Walt Clyde Frey. Voice differs. At least Walt, Walt Clyde Frazier knows what the words mean. He knows what he's talking about, and he's clever. Uh, stop with the uh, theatrics and just get the, the, the damn vaccines to these gay people and stop putting, making them line up on the streets where everybody can see them and the cameras are there, shoving the cameras in their faces and putting some of these, uh, these vaccine distribution sites you know, in dangerous neighborhoods. Stop doing that. Think, 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 Eric Adams. You're dropping a ball on multiple counts. And speaking of dropping a ball, you got this uh, high drama right now out there. Nancy Pelosi, today, she's supposed to land in Taiwan. She's supposed to land in Taipei. That's the, uh, well, that's the, the, the rumor. Anyway, 
Uh, Mike Pompeo was on Cats at Night. And, and by the way, the, uh, the uh, Chinese, the communist Chinese, have threatened to shoot her plane down. That is the drama we face. We're looking at World War III. I don't know. Everybody's pretty cavalier about it. I don't know why they are, but they are. Anyway, Mike Pompeo on Cats at Night last night on 77 WABC, he said this. Cut number four. Go ahead. To allow America to be bullied by Chinese propaganda uh, would send a really bad message to uh, our friends in the region, the Australians, the South Koreans, the Japanese, uh, but mostly would tell the American people uh, that it's okay if the United States is permitted to let a communist party a long ways away dictate how Americans will behave, where we'll travel, the things we'll say. So that's he wants her to go. Now, I disagree. Now, if Trump was president, if we had a competent president and a tough and up-to-date you know, uh, well-stocked military, and I'm talking about the recruitment levels are way down, and it's a woke military, all that stuff. I'll get into that in a minute. I'd say, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Let's shove it in the faces of uh, China. But it's fraught with peril. It's the wrong thing to do. We're asking, to, uh, we're provoking a, a bear, somebody here, we're provoking China, and uh, they're gonna, they, they can kick our ass. I would believe at this point, with General Milley and General Austin at the helm, and Joe Biden, I don't want to get into a World War III with uh, China. That's what Mike Pompeo is essentially asking, and a lot of Republicans. Listen to uh, Nancy Pelosi, the woman who started all this. Listen to her ration, trying to rationale, rationalize her on this useless uh, junket at that taxpayer expense going to Asia, and ultimately uh, today, uh, uh, supposedly, if they go through with it, Taiwan. Cut number five. Listen to this woman that we're supposed to get into World War III over. Go ahead, Pelosi, cut number five. The um, president earlier, well, earlier in his term, talked about a strong emphasis on the Asian Pacific. Uh, he, he has visited there, as vice president's visit there, the Secretary of Commerce and others. And uh, we want the Congress of the United States to be part of that initiative. Of course, as a West Coast person, we see the Pacific as there are, you know, that's our, our home. We're part of that as well. That aye, is not aye, to aye. diminish the importance of our uh, transatlantic relationships as well. But uh, it's, it's, we're, I'm very excited, if, should we go uh, to the countries that we're, we, you'll be hearing about along the way. Come on, stop. What the blank is she uh, talking aye, about? Aye. Now, this drunken old bag is provoking a World War III. Do we need this aggravation right now? I don't think we do. I don't think we should be, you know, again, sticking it to the communist Chinese with all the problems we have right now, and especially after you listen to Tucker Carlson. He, he but laid before, it out Before really... you play Tucker, I, got, I need an honest response from you. Go ahead. Which I know you always try to be honest, and you are honest. You just sometimes you're a little you're biased. Like I hey, am. listen, I'm, go, I'm going against the grain of my own people. I, I know uh, that. All, all my conservative right-wingers. They're all like, yeah, Nancy Pelosi should go. No, she shouldn't. Go well, ahead. Yeah, but you hate Nancy Pelosi, so it, it it would be weird for you to say something good about her. Like I didn't, like we didn't want to start today with the with the killing of the guy in Afghanistan because we don't want to give Biden credit. So I'm not surprised where you're going here. But if Donald Trump was still president, it's a hypothetical. Donald Trump is still president, and he decides he's sending. Well, who was his? Uh, who was the Speaker of the House back then? It was it Paul Ryan at one point, or uh, whoever? It was, it is. Yeah, it was Ryan Boehner. Uh, Pompeo, I don't know. Was, even, even the Secretary of State Pompeo. He's sending one of those folks over to Taiwan. Would you have the same response this morning? 
If uh, we, yes, I, no, I wouldn't. I would say that uh, under a Trump administration, as I mentioned early on when I, when I started, uh, if we had uh, guys like Pompeo in charge, not Anthony Blinken, not General Austin, not General Milley, these 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 incompetent woke morons. Uh, I don't want them in charge of uh, our military if we're going to fight World uh, War Three uh, oh, with China. I, first of all, it's not going to be World War Three. Stop! It's ridiculous. Uh, not going to happen. Never going to happen. But but I agree with you. Wrong. If, it, if it, Wrong. it's never going to happen, it could very well happen. Okay. Could well, very well, well happen. Well, okay. Fine. If you're right, I agree that this military is not ready, and those people are the worst that could possibly be. But you're telling me it's not necessarily the fact that somebody's going to Taiwan. It's that it's this administration. That's what you're saying, basically. And the fact that we're not ready for a war. We're, we're, we're just, the military is seriously depleted. And, uh, again, we're dependent on China for so many, so many things. This is the wrong time uh, in this period of recession, inflation, crime, the border. We're already busy involved in the Ukraine. Just listen to Tucker Carlson. Listen to him and tell me you don't agree with me on the other side. Cut six. Go ahead, please, uh, Justin. The U.S. has never been less ready for war, particularly for war with China. And the Biden administration has done everything it can to make certain that we are not ready for a war with China or even with the Taliban. Biden has, since the day he took office, politicized and weakened the United States military systematically to the point we are not going to win a war against China. Sorry, that's true. General Mark Milley out there telling Congress that soldiers need to learn about white rage because otherwise they'll be unprepared for combat. Attacking people on the basis of their skin color? Right. Firing Navy SEALs because they won't get the vaccine? The healthiest people in the world? And the point, of course, is humiliation and degradation, the destruction of centuries-old military traditions. Let's have drag shows on military bases, which they are now doing. No one should be surprised that people don't really want to join a military like that. A woke military. It's a joke. And the recruitment numbers show it. This is a crisis. The U.S. military is now signing up, no exaggeration, mentally deficient troops. Yeah, you got fat nose ring wearing, uh, you know, snowflake soldiers and sailors. That's true. It's, well, no, I don't want to fight a war with China on the, with these people. I really, really don't. I don't either. We're going to lose. And, and listen, there's more. Cut seven. Tucker Carlson. Oh, go. boy, there's more. According to the Spectator of London, this is worth thinking about, quote, if a naval blockade gave Beijing control of the export of Taiwan's semiconductor industry, which is huge, then Western leaders would find themselves beholden to China to keep their economies going. Russia's use of gas to dampen Western opposition to its actions in Ukraine would be dwarfed by China's ability to hold the world ransom through control of Taiwan's chips. In other words, if we went to war with China and we're moving in that direction, the Chinese could simply turn off our economy because our people in charge of our country have made no preparations for this. The Chinese government could prevent us from having, I don't know, cars that run, refrigerators, cell phones, computers. They would also be able to stop exports of antibiotics, as well as ibuprofen, take Advil, vitamin C, hydrocortisone. China supplies more than 70% of acetaminophen, often called Tylenol. What else does China make? Well, China makes everything, for example, that you need to transport goods across the country. China produces 96% of the world's shipping containers. They make 80% of the cranes that carry cargo from the ship to the dock. That's scary. You know what a disaster a hot war with China would be yeah, right know, now? Like, it's not going to happen. I mean, the whole world will get blown up. I don't think they're that stupid. Listen, I'm sorry. So, you don't think they're that stupid? Yes. They, they listen. They they're have on top, pride they're on and top they, of the world right now. Why would look, they want to have those type of casualties? No, they're not. They, they, listen, they want Taiwan. They give them an excuse to, to, to do just that, to invade Taiwan now. 
with uh, this with the, the, this imbecile as the commander in chief and the rest of it, as, as Tucker pointed out, these woke uh, uh, military leaders that I, we have. I agree, but they also know that even if they invade Taiwan, despite what's in place, we're not going to go to war with them. You know that's not. So let me ask you this, because you, you, without any hesitation, said, no, 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 what could happen? No, I'm it, like, no it's, it, that, it's, not, it's not just invading Taiwan. If they, if they shoot down or capture... A Nancy Pelosi. Oh, they're we not will have to stop. Go to war. They're not shooting down it. Well, they don't go. So don't silly. go. Don't, just stop. Stop. I know, but they're, they're why, not shooting why do... it down. Stop. Come on. It's not right. beyond silly. Give me the percentage it, right now. It's, it, it, it is beyond it's, silly. It's, it's not, they said they would shoot. I know down. what they it's said. Not they're not shooting silly. down the House Speaker of the United you. States. They're not going to do it. You're going to be landing there this afternoon. So why do we need this aggravation? Tell me why. Well, you give me the percentage right now that that there's going to be a war with China because I'm telling you, it's not happening. And they're not shooting her down. Well, and a lot it, it of this is a lot. On, of, it's a lot of vocal masturbation. You give me the percentage it, right now. It, it depends on whether or not she lands. It, if she actually goes. She's going to gonna land in Taiwan today. Give me the percentage. Uh, the percentage is is fifty fifty. That we're going it's to war 50, with China. 50. Yes, and we don't need that. Those types of odds. Oh, we I don't agree need with any, you. any more headaches I right agree. now. I agree. And that would be that would be much more than a headache. That would be uh, you know uh, cancer head to toe. If we got into uh, forget a headache, and so so anyway, it's a dangerous uh, situation, and something that was unnecessary because of that old drunken bag. We're in this position right now, worrying about a war wait, with wait, China. Wait a second, wait a second. What you, was the you, point? I, of it? I can't stand her. Okay, but you're telling me that you know, the Chinese. It's almost like saying, "Don't do this," because now you're really going to piss off the terrorists. You're telling me that the Chinese government needs a Nancy Pelosi to land in Taiwan as an excuse. That they have been setting this up for a long time now. But we're no, going nope. to use that as the catalyst. They may may have been planning to do it a little bit later on. But why uh-huh. why now? Who needs it now? Let's wait. Let's just don't provoke them. Let's try okay. to keep the peace and and, and keep the acetaminophen and the antibiotics flowing right. here because it would be a real hardship if we didn't have them coming in. No, we are very totally very agree. dependent. Right. And uh, Donald Trump was trying to fix that. And instead, we got the woke imbecile with his climate uh, agenda, ignoring that completely. Yep. In any case, moving on real quick. No, that's, this a good, is that's, a that's a good discussion. It's good that you, because I think a lot of people are like me and they're like, oh, this is, but you're actually are detailing why uh, it's not completely crazy. So that was a very good job. Thank you. Why, thank you, Sydney. Now, listen, uh, just quickly, briefly, uh, letting people know John Stewart's state of mind, the way, uh, you know, the character that he is. This is him from his TV show, which is streamed on Apple TV. Listen to Jon Stewart. America has always prioritized white comfort over black survival. Black people have had to fight so hard for equality that they've been irreparably set back in the pursuit of equity. And any real attempt to uh, repair a ton of... Shut up. Cut him off. Cut him off. So that's the kind of fool he is, a self-hating white moron pandering to Black Lives Matter. He makes me sick. So he's out there. He sees an opportunity to bash Republicans. Well, it turns out he was a useful idiot or a willing dupe for Schmuck Schumer who on this toxic burn pit bill that you're hearing a lot about and is getting misrepresented on all the local newscasts as Schumer wanted it to be. It turns out that Schumer slipped in. A $400 billion slush fund. We talked about it yesterday. $400 billion. You know what kind of inflation that would cause? Anyway, uh, the Republicans, including the senator from Pennsylvania, Pat Toomey, outgoing, 
he caught on to it and he says, no, 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 we want to pass the toxic burn pit bill and benefit and help out our veterans, but you're not going to sneak in again this slush fund. And he put up an amendment blocking the whole bill until they take out the slush fund. And he was on uh, with the Jesse Waters, who pointed all this out to his credit, uh, to me on with Waters last night, uh, detailing the whole incident with this uh, grandstanding moron, John Stewart. Uh, play the clip here. It's cut number uh, whatever the hell it is. Go ahead, play it. So we're going to get this done, Senator Toomey, in the right way without this additional ridiculous spending at the height of 41-year well, high inflation? That's still very much an open question. Senator Schumer has not told me that I'm going to be able to get my amendment. But this is a replay of an age-old Washington trick. Take a sympathetic group of Americans, craft a bill to address their problems, and then sneak something in that they know could never pass on its own and dare the Republicans to raise an issue because they will sick their accomplices in the media and some pseudo-celebrity who will tell lies and characterize this as heartless, cruel Republicans who don't care about these victims. Totally untrue. My amendment has absolutely nothing to do with the actual money that will be spent for veterans who need it. I won't cut a dime, not a penny, under any circumstances. What I want to do is stop them from changing the budget rules to grease the skids for a $400 billion spending spree that has nothing to do with veterans. So there you have it. In a nutshell, ladies and gentlemen, don't believe what you see on the fake news locally or nationally, even on Fox News, with the exception of Jesse Waters, nobody was covering this crap and this phony little fraud, uh, a grandstanding John Stewart on the Bernie and Sid show. Look, we need a call for Beat Bernie, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-WABC. We're coming right back, ladies and gentlemen, after these messages. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. song she always looks in the studio and smiles at me and waves i like that bob thomas someday thanks again to john and margo katsimatidis for that wonderful golf event yesterday at the garden city country club really a tremendous day great great day and uh, joe piscopo can't say enough he's so talented put on a mar- marvelous show last night really great uh, guys like brian kilmeade showed up alphonse d'amato celebrating his 85th birthday Chad Lopez, spectacular. Emily Pankow, Joe Parisi, I mean, a host of others. Uh, Dominic was there, Rita Cosby, Glenn Tacinelli, Leslie Slender. All in all, a great day for 77 WABC Radio. So uh, thank you uh, very much for that. That was great. Gary and Julie? Yes, he was there, Gary and Julie, yes. He, he was great. He's a good, really good guy. He's a great guy. Mr. Katsimatidis, he sounded, he, he is such a fun guy. He's funny, and he's, you know, he's obviously very smart. 
but he sounded like he was having a time of his life. Uh, he I, was. I, it was a fun listen. I, I listened yeah. to the hour. Yeah. It was terrific, and yeah. uh, I'm glad all you guys enjoyed it. Now, as I said, he uh, burst into tears, legitimate tears, not like a little trickle down his eye when Joe Piscopo sang God Bless America at the end of his performance right before our wow. dinner and auction. It was a wonderful moment, and again, Margot was great, and I had some really good laughs with Piscopo and Margot. And uh, just a great night, so uh, thank you uh, to those folks. I was just telling Justin, I did find out late last night that Gemini Lounge, the movie I shot with Danny A out in Los Angeles, when I stayed in Beverly Hills, had that great week back in uh, April, will be in theaters in December, uh, which will include, of course, a screening here in New York City, big red carpet event, all that stuff. And uh, these guys on the show want to come, of course. And the only person I've invited is Macedonia Phil. That's it. Why not me? What? You invited me. What happened? Did I invite you? Well, I would, I would assume that you bring no, it no. up at the break. I can only bring more two of, people. Like, kind of an invitation. So it's Bernie and uh, Phil. Oh. That's fair. If Bernie doesn't feel well, then you can come, I guess. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, you're out. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll sit outside. Yeah. yeah. It's a great movie. Roy DeMeo and that whole crazy crew, the Gambino crew. And uh, Fat Luke Lograno, this kid won't go away. He's like herpes. He uh, is texting all of us this morning. Doesn't he work at ESPN now? <laughs> yeah. When you leave here, we're not your friend anymore. No, I don't know why he like feels okay. Yeah, yeah he's like he's like happy DeGrom day. Yeah. Believe yeah. this, Bernard? You get these stupid text messages? Uh, no, but I like Luke Lagrano. Yeah, I don't I'm just uh, share that sentiment of yours that you leave here, you're, you're no longer our friend. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I can appreciate it, but uh, yeah. I don't subscribe to it. Well, how many people have left this place that you, you're friendly with right now? How many? Ron Kuby, you like Ron Well, a lot, a lot of people don't leave uh, this place on, on great terms. Right? That's true. But that's Luke Lagrano did was well, a rare uh, case yeah, that that is rare. in that regard. Who else, Burn? Well, I like a lot of people. Uh, yeah, everybody. I mean, I, I don't. Th- I don't recall anybody I really dislike that has left. I can't uh, off the top of my head. Kubi, uh, yes, uh, and Luke Legrano himself. No, Luke's the a kid great is kid. Great kid. Come he on, he is a great. Come kid. Come on. No, listen. He, and he was a great part of our show. And I was nervous when he left. Who can step up and, and do the job? And, and Macedonia Phil has been tremendous. So I'm not really? comparing the two. They're both strong at different things. But uh, Macedonia has stepped up. But Luke is a terrific kid. We do love him. And we wish him the best of luck at that communist America-hating network, ESPN. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem that he works for uh, that giant. But uh, we won't hold it against him. It's, it's, a, it's a, a step on the ladder to where he wants uh, it's to a be big career-wise. Deal. It's a big deal. Come on. Yes. That's a great thing for him. It's a great thing. I would have I no sold my soul, which I've done a million times already, when I was his age to work for ESPN. I got a job at FAM, which was even better. But uh, he, he's in his 20s. I was in my 30s. So that is a big deal You would be wearing, you'd wear a Black Lives Matter t-shirt. Oh, my. You'd, oh, and ab- a, absolutely. <laughs> yep. Of course. ESPN, come on. I sleep that's, with Brittany that's Griner. A dream. Oh God! She wouldn't sleep with me, that's, of course. But yeah, that's funny, right there, bro. That is funny. Sleep with oh, Brittany. God, good old Brittany. Now it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. Luke got all upset. He says, "I get in the car, and the first thing I hear is." That fat bastard Luke Lagrano was still texting me. <laughs> I said, "Do you listen to the rest?" I said, "Nice things about you," and he said, "Yes." That's true. Yeah, we do love Luke. Mm. We'll always love him. 
Yeah. If I don't forget about him by, like, tomorrow. Right, right, right. You know? but not yet. We're not there yet. It's uh, like every, every time I start to forget about him, then he texts me. Or right. Something. It's like, it's he, like he's annoying. He's got that type of, like, ESP thing. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Who's, I can't see that other computer. Who's that? Saverio. In, uh, where's he from, Phil? South Amboy or something? What? Know, what, what what's his name? Saverio. Saverio from South Amboy? Yeah. All right. All right. Why is there such? Why are you guys not sure? You pick up the phone. I don't understand. <laughs> he's no, from re- South Hamboy. Now, just... I, now I do miss uh, Luke Lugano. <laughs> no. He's on top of it. He was doing something uh, stupid. Phil? Yeah. My computer just crashed. I'm having a horrible time. Oh, yeah. he's having a horrible time. He he's, was... print, he's printing out all this stuff for me from Clay Travis and Jamil Hill. Right. All the people talking about Deshaun Watson. So he's busy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let me talk to uh, Saverio. Good morning, partner. How are you? Hi. How are you? Is that how you say your name? Severio, yeah. Oh, okay, very good. And, and what nationality is that? I'm just curious. It's, a, it's Italian. Oh. Are you Sicilian? It's, it's Xavier in, in English. Gotcha. And now, are you from Sicily? Where are you from exactly? Uh, my father was from Naples, and my mother was from Sicily. Oh, you're the best. Look at you. I love it. Yeah. And, and you're in New Jersey? Yeah, I grew up in Bayonne, but I live in South Amboy right I now. love Bayonne. I'm about to actually film a movie in Bayonne, New Jersey, in uh, September. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of movies going on yes, there. Now. Yes, my father used to work in Jersey City. And uh, he's gone. I'm sure you know if you listen to the show, Harvey, long mm-hmm. two years. Yep, yep. And we used to sometimes take the uh, the Bayonne, uh, Bayonne home from uh, Jersey City to get back to the Verrazano to Brooklyn. So yeah. we, we would stop at this uh, Italian deli in Bayonne. And oh, yeah. uh, Severo, they had the best sandwiches you could. I mean, real old school Italian. Real good. You, like you like the old Bay Ridge days. No, I forgot the name, Severo. How old are you? I'm uh, 64. Oh, my God. You sound so young. I never would have thought that. Wow. <laughs> uh, let me try to find out from uh, one of my brothers what the name is, and uh, you'll call back. But good luck in today's game, and thank you for playing, pal. Thanks. Thanks. You got it, pal. Here's our number one. Following the resignation of Jimmy O'Neill, who I think Bernie used to call Little Balls in 2019, who became New York City Police Department's 44th police commissioner? 44, like Reggie Jackson. Hmm. Let me see. Ray Kelly? Wrong, you two-legged back of Anthony. He was way before James O'Neill. Dermot Shea is the answer we're looking for. Between 1692 and 1693, 20 people were put on trial, convicted, and were executed for suspicion of witchcraft. What are these trials known as today? Salem witch trials. That's right. Number three. What was the name of the 1783 treaty that ended the Revolutionary War? Was it A, the Treaty of Versailles, B, the English Treaty, or C, the Treaty of Paris? Treaty of Paris. Very good, Saverio. That's two out of three, handsome. Here's number four. (laughs) In February of 2022, at the age of 83, what liberal Supreme Court justice announced their impending retirement. Uh, Breyer. Yes! Oh, so downtown. And your chance to go four out of five. What United States president appointed the aforementioned Justice Stephen Breyer to the Supreme Court? Hmm. I believe that was Bill Clinton. Oh, my God. 
Oh, you tape you. You played really well. Got the first Thanks. one wrong and then reeled off four correct answers in a row. Very impressive. Now you put all the pressure on Bernard. He's got to get all five right to win today. So we'll put you on hold. Look how happy you are. It's so cute. Put uh, Severio on hold. He's like all giggly and happy. Uh, and let's get to the champ. We call this game Beat Bernie because it's almost impossible to do it. Bernie, you got to get all five right to win today. Four is a tie. Anything less? And we have a uh, contestant who wins, okay? Ah, uh, jeez, dearie. I know. Eh? I know. Hey, listen, man. That's t- two days in a row. I know. Well, you're the hunted. You're the champ. So here we go. That's right. That's, I, that's I, what I, I got to deal with. Well, let's do it. My prediction is you're going to go five for five. But we'll see. More pressure. Thank right. you. Nah, no pressure. Number one, following the resignation of James O'Neill, what'd you call him, Little Balls, Bernie? Uh, Jimmy Little Balls O'Neill. Yeah, right. he, he, he didn't stand up to a de Blasio. I didn't like that. I didn't like it either. Following his resignation in 2019, who became New York City Police Department's 44th police commissioner? The guy after Jimmy. Oh, yeah, that was, uh, what's his face? Uh, the Irish guy. Uh, he that's lived true. in Midtown. Yeah, that's oh, right. what the hell was You're his name? two for two so far. His name was, uh, what was oh, it, Jim you, something? Oh, you yeah, son of a bitch. You're getting it wrong. Wow. See, he may not win today. What's wrong with me? Uh, uh, here's, here's your hint. His last name used to be uh, the home of the New York Mets. The home of the New York Mets. Yes. Uh, Before City Field, where the, the Mets Met- play. Oh, Shea, of uh, course. Yes, Dermot yeah. Shea. Yeah, okay. Uh, Dermot, yeah, yeah, I can just talk. I got to quit the drugs. I, I, but That's I know you, and I, and I know you can see him right now. I know you can. Oh, I see his, his, oh. his white hair. His, right. He looks like Mike Breen. A little bit. He looks yes, just he like does. Mike Breen. Yes, he does. I mean, yes, this is does. one of those things where you, where you blank out when you're under pressure, I guess. Right. Plus, you're, Whatever. On a, you're on a ton of cancer drugs, too, so that doesn't help you. I'm on a, I, I, I'm taking a lot of pain pills, i got to tell you. <laughs> it takes its toll. Oh, you won't. No fun. doubt. All right, so get the next four right and you play to a tie, okay? Here we go. All right. Between 1692, Bernie, and 1693, 20 people were put on trial, convicted, and executed for suspicion of witchcraft. What were these trials known as? They were known as the, uh, the Marlboro, no, the Salem Witch Trials. <laughs> Very good. What was the name of the 1783 treaty that ended the Revolutionary War, Bernie? Was it A, the Treaty of Versailles, B, the English Treaty, or C, the Treaty of Paris? That ended the Revolutionary War. That's it would be the right. Treaty of Paris. That's right. So far, it's going to the uh, same script as the contestant. He got the first one wrong, too. He said See, Ray Kelly. And I can tell you something wrong. from uh, 200, 400 years ago, but right. I can't tell you. The damn former police commissioner from two years ago, That's for funny. God's sake. Yeah, who you saw a couple of times. In February, I've t- talked about him millions of times. I know. In February of 2022, at the age of 83, what liberal Supreme Court justice announced their impending retirement? It was uh, my boy Stevie Breyer. That's right. Kicked out like Jimmy Johnson, uh, excuse me, like Don Shula and Tom Landry for Jimmy Johnson. And Shoved out, no doubt. Number five in your attempt to go four out of five and end this game in a tie today. What United States president appointed the aforementioned, aforementioned Justice Stephen Breyer to the Supreme Court? What president? Uh, that would have to be, I'd go with Bill Clinton on that. Bang. All right, you were four out of five. Both of you guys got the first one wrong and then reeled off four consecutive correct answers. Four for Bernie, four for uh, Severo. Bernie, say hello. He's a super guy in uh, New Jersey. Say hello. 
Severo, how are you, my lad? Hi, Bernie. How are you? How are you feeling? Good, good, thanks. So listen, uh, Severo, where are you in Jersey, first of all? In South Amboy. South Amboy. You happy there? You want to get the hell out? Oh, eventually we'll probably move out of New Jersey down south somewhere. Um, yeah. We're, build, we're building a house out in Shelter Island right now. Oh, no, beautiful. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that's where Fredo goes, Fredo uh, Cuomo. He <laughs> loves Shelter Island. <laughs> yep. Uh, listen, uh, let me ask you this. I, I want to try to take the pulse of, should Nancy Pelosi be landing in Taiwan? Come on. Come on, Savero. What do you think? Um, well, she has to now because she painted herself into a corner. Because then we look weak if she doesn't. But if uh, that's true, you know, if if Biden had any brains, he'd <laughs> he'd he'd have told her not to go there. But yeah, we can't look I think weak. he tried we, to. We can't look you weak. Can't now. look weak. Right. Okay. So all right, we'll get into a war with somebody we can't beat. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Severo, she's supposed to land within the next thirty minutes. Believe it or not. Hey, listen, man. Uh, thank you for playing. Thanks for the call. And thanks for inquiring about my health. You're, you're a kind uh, gentleman, and good luck with your Shelter Island thanks joint. For, and, thanks uh, for thank having you. me on. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and my wife and I listen to you guys every morning. You guys are great. We appreciate it. Uh, you did a great job playing. Thank you, uh, Severo. On the Bernie and Sid Show, ladies and gentlemen, uh, short messages, and then we're coming right back. Beat Bernie, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So to stay in the nights, you mind if I dance with your date? What's that? Yeah, it's a great movie, Animal House. Good movie. Good movie. Fantastic movie. I mean, fantastic. Great uh, Belushi and uh, the whole thing, you know. It holds like I, up. Holds up, too. Yeah. Mm. No, they all hold up. But, they, you know, they say stuff. And like I said, I watched the uh, Bad News Bears with Gabriel last week. That's 46 years old, that movie now, 1976. And in that movie, the little shortstop Tanner, cute little girl in the movie, she's like 10, blonde-haired little uh, adorable kid, uses the N-word, the S-word for Latinos, talks about Jews and women. And uh, I was laughing, but... Um, Today she'd be uh, ten years old. She'd be put in some some prison somewhere, you know. Well, that whole scene at uh, at the club with Otis Day in the Nights that wouldn't be in any movie. Oh today. no, no chance. No, no chance. No. Where where the white women at? Yeah. <laughs> where the white women at? Or Eddie where Murphy? Where the white women at? Eddie Murphy walking into that that uh, redneck club in forty eight hours? Never gonna happen. And by the way, that was all great stuff. It wasn't good. It was great. And uh, this uh, poor right. generation, like Claire Bedley sitting here, uh, they don't know any better. They, they think they got it good. It, it is the worst time. And, and I know it's not like my father or my grandfather. This may be the worst time in our country's history. I, I never missed Archie Bunker more than I do right now. Not because I agree with anything he said. A lot of the stuff he said was offensive, to be quite frank. But so what? Laugh once in a while. Give me a damn break. Everybody relax. Take your, your thumb out of your freaking mouth. Right. And enjoy, for God's Calm sake. Down. Get off the floor. Right. And just shut up. By the you way, let, let, uh, let, uh, all in the family also no. led to a couple of great black sitcoms. Let me remind you. The Jeffersons with Sherman Hemsley. That was a great show. You had good times. So even though they made fun of each other in all those shows, uh, there were shows that emerged that ended up being great white and black. Oh, yeah. No question. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, there was no, there was no, there was no anti-blackness or anti-anything. And by the way, everybody got it. I remember uh, one famous ending at uh, on All in the Family. Uh, Archie settled the dispute between the Jeffersons and somebody else, right? So, uh, so Edith says to him, "Oh, Archie, you're a regular Henry Kissinger," <laughs> and he goes. Oh, geez, they got enough headaches without being a heeb there, huh? Oh, that's great. That's so great. And everybody, everybody, right, everybody got it. I mean, the, 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 the mix, the donkeys, they drank all it. Everybody Nobody got cared. it. It was equal opportunity. Nobody cared. Yeah. I, it I, was I tell fun. You, it's it funny. was funny. You, you mentioned the mix and the heebs and all that. I, you know, not that long ago, uh, before our epic fight, which when I say not that long ago, believe it or not, October is going to be 19 years. So it is, we're coming up on a 20-year anniversary. But that was some of the rhetoric back and forth between you and I on WFN leading up to the fight. We went there, and That's guess right. what? Everybody loved it. Nobody loved got upset. We, we, Nobody. We, tu- we turned it into a, a, a Jew versus Irish yes. a situation. And, uh, in fact, your nickname was the Hebrew Hammer. That's right. That's right. And and I still went to Flappish Avenue, I went to the Cuckoo's Nest and Gallagher's and Night Owl and still ate for free. The Irish people loved uh, it. They loved it. Exactly, exactly. And, and vice versa. We, we went both ways. And, yeah, it was a hell of a lot of fun. So everybody just shut the blank up. Jeez, over here, huh? But you know what the problem uh, so, is? Is is there any uh, nothing? What changes that? I remember we had uh, Jesse Waters on not that long ago, talking about Jesse. I love Jesse too, but then my, I, I should be on his show for my new book. And um, I, I said, I, I asked him, "You were here." I said, "So if Donald Trump wins in 2024, or DeSantis, right? They feel like me and Bernie. Does anything change? Do we get back to, the, to those days when when people could take a joke? Not everybody was so serious." And he said, without any hesitation, "No." No, you don't get that because of a, of a Republican president or a guy who's got a sense of humor. You don't get that. So what changes that? Well, it's like turning around a uh, a big cargo tanker in the ocean. It is a, it is a small step towards that. It's not going to happen overnight. But if you have a president who is, uh, you know, like Donald Trump, it, it put the brakes on that crap for about four years. I mean, the, the politically incorrect. A one over, you know, obviously the the other side, and so what changes is, uh, you know, we, we we right now we're in the midst of a change right now. People are fighting back. People are saying, "No, I'm not apologizing to you, creep. Shut up, uh, get over it." And uh, we don't care about your stupid feelings. Uh, right now, we're experiencing that uh, sort of a shift, if you will, uh, be, more people being emboldened. I feel it. I feel it. Uh, you know, I feel it in the air. I feel it. So. It's a slow cultural changes. They come slowly, but it, 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 again, uh, baby steps. I'll take baby steps uh, this way as 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 opposed to baby steps that way. Oh, great! No, 100%, and that's what you, right. what you get with the right. other side. Got it. So, all right. So, uh, it looks like Pelosi's about to land in about twenty minutes in Taiwan. You've talked all morning long, very eloquently and very educated. That uh, this could be, yes, this could be very bad. The Chinese government could get really angry here. This could lead to World War Three, assuming she does land in 20 minutes, which she will, and not get shot down, which she won't. What's next? What's well, I, I don't know what's next. We're going to see how far the the communist Chinese take this. I mean, what if they say, "Oh, we're going to cut off your supply of antibiotics"? What if they What if they just do that? Oh boy! What if they cut off our supply of aspirin? Uh, and, you know, stuff like that, oh, acetaminophen and uh, antibiotics and 
whatever else we need, what, all the uh, other things that, that we import from them. I mean, they'll continue to send over the fentanyl, of course. Right. Maybe they'll, they'll up the number of uh, the, the amount of fentanyl. Oh, but that's at the very least. What if they do that? Mm. We're screwed. Yeah, you're right. I mean, maybe it'll force us to start making some of that stuff here in the well, United yeah, States, which we should be doing anyway. We should, and if you had left Donald Trump in there, we were on our way to doing stuff like that. But, uh, I mean, but that, that's just a, a, at a minimum. Mm. So what if they engage in a war? with? What if we do, we, 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 you know, what if it's a military war now? Uh, they could uh, take the easy way out and just uh, fly planes over Taiwan, you know, put ships in the, uh, the, the the straits there between Taiwan and mainland China. They could take steps like that and see how we react. But I don't know. I mean, these people are pissed off. They're in a corner, and they know they got a weak president here in the United States, a weak military. I, I shudder to think what they could do. Hopefully... It's not. It's not going to end in a declaration in some sort of a war. I hope not. I just don't freaking know. We don't need this stress right now, Nancy Pelosi. You dumb old bag. You should have stayed home. We don't need you in Asia. Period. All right. Ten seconds. Will you be in front of the TV tonight watching Jacob Degrom pitch for the Mets in Washington? Absolutely. Right. I'm, I'm really thrilled about that. All right. Awesome. Serious. All right. Well, that was a great show. Really great show today, bro. As always, Bernie. Every day is a great show. A Marconi Award winner. I hope you had fun. I did. You're the best. I love you. I love you too, Sydney. We'll do it again tomorrow. Sounds good. 6 a.m. Justin Ellick, great job. Macedonia, Phil, excellent work. Frankie Diaz with an E. Deb Valentine, always tremendous. Jacqueline Carl and uh, Claire Bedley now down to three days before Coral Gables. We'll all be back tomorrow morning for a Wednesday Peter King show at 6 a.m. Enjoy your beautiful sunny Tuesday in New York City. Until tomorrow, from all of us to all of you. Peace. Peace. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GoboLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident.